0: Log Talk Radio.
1: introduce momentarily, but first of all, you know who this is, Commissioner T, host of the Madden Voice here live in Bristol, Connecticut, although I am in a different venue tonight. I'm actually, because it's Thanksgiving weekend, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, I'm actually broadcasting live from the house I grew up in, my mama's house, and I'm here in mama's basement where I've spent many, many, many a a, a day, evening hanging out, and having a good time with family and friends. And, uh, you know, because I have this special guest here with me hosting a live, we thought it would be apropos to host together here in this very special location. And let me introduce him. Y'all know him. Y'all know who he is, the man originally from Bristol. Now he lives in ATL. However, because it's Thanksgiving, he's back here in Bristol, and I happen to be looking right at him. My brother, JB, welcome to the Madden Voice.
0: Thank you, sir. Always good to be home, and this is a special Thanksgiving because we are, as you said, hosting together and hosting live from the basement in which we grew up in, and it is an absolute honor and pleasure to be here.
1: It is, it is, and, you know, just just because we can, you know, we are sitting here with a little libation, and, uh, you know, I will I will make this one comment, and then we'll get going, but, you know, there's one person missing. And he would be sitting uh, to my right and to my brother's left. And uh, he's on our mind. And I'm just going to leave it like that for now. We may touch on that again before this show's is over. But anyway, we're still waiting on K-Star and Dr. Train to join us. And and just as I say that, uh, let me go ahead and introduce one of the best Madden players in the world. The guy who, uh, you know, if you want to check him out, go to YouTube. uh, Go to iTunes. Madden Nation Season 4, Ali Quick on Twitter, he can teach you how to play the game, lives in Indianapolis, big, big, huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and he's our co-host, K-Star. Welcome to the Madden Voice.
2: Happy to be here. How's everyone doing? K-Star, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Can't complain. Ready for another week of uh, NFL action, and ready to recap it.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, in case you missed it, me and JB are hosting together live. Like, you know, like I could reach out and touch him. He's like, you know, sitting four feet away from me right now, you know. So that this is, is like love. monumental. Yeah, man. You know. Well, there's just, there's so he could smack you. He could smack
2: you once you say inevitably something stupid. Just.
1: Yeah, but he'd rather smack you because you're, you're more <laughs>
3: actually
1: <accurate. laughs> <laughs> you stupid. Know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, let's call it like it is, you know. <laughs> You know, but listen, you know, we, I, I, we, we talk football here in a mad voice and we talk a lot about what's going the NFL, but you know, over the years of doing the show, every once in a while we will touch upon current events. Um, I almost feel it's irresponsible tonight. We have lots of listeners around the country, around the world. Um, and I, I just feel it's, it's our duty to once in a while maybe take a second break from football and talk about current events. And as, probably everybody knows if unless you were living under a rock, um the grand jury in Ferguson came back with a uh, no indict uh decision on officer uh officer Wilson. And um, you know, unfortunately, um, but predictably that led to violence, it led to rioting, it led to arrests, um, a lot of civil unrest out there in Ferguson. And, of course, with anything that's race-based and tense, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has um, thoughts. And I wasn't going to touch on this topic. I really was just going to leave it alone. And then I saw something on Facebook that kind of bothered me, and it it had me say, you know, somebody has to make a little bit of sense of what's going on. And uh, it read this way. We are America strong, and we approve this message. Get your beat together, Ferguson. Get a job. Start acting like civilized Americans. Hey, Ferguson, this country is sick of your crap, sick of your lawlessness, sick of riots, sick of the threats and demands. The only thing you've managed to accomplish in all of this is live up to the ghetto stereotypes. Congratulations. And uh, a young lady I went to high school I had this on her Facebook page, and I read it, and I said, man, you know, people just don't get it. Now, K-Star, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, but you are the only, you know, I'm African-American. Jay, of course, is African-American. Dr. Train is African-American. You are the only non African-American host. So as a as a white person, I'm just going to be blunt because we brothers on the show, okay? We don't see color on the show. But for this particular point, you now are not just K-Star. You're a white guy, okay? So as a white guy... What are your thoughts on not so much the verdict or the decision of not inviting, but the reaction of the general? I'm curious, you as a white person, where your thoughts are on it. As far as like the rioting goes and the reaction? Yeah, just just, just in general.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, it's, I don't know, man. It's weird. It's all over the place. I really don't know what to think. I mean, I, I get a lot of people's frustration and anger. I guess it's more less me seeing it being ineffectively displayed, um, but I mean at the same time I, I, I get as much as I can, you know, the, uh, people's anger towards it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not it's not just uh, you know necessarily black people
0: there uh, mm-hmm.
2: who are upset. It's also some you know people within the community, some you know white guys there. One of the uh, biggest performances I saw was actually a white guy uh, giving it to someone on CNN, but from the community. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I made a comment, which it, the, the Mexican restaurant got broken into, and I'm just like, man, they have to be confused. And I don't mean to make a joke about it. And when I say they, I mean the Mexican people just messing around. But, it, it, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. It's just tough for me to really have an opinion on it. I just feel like it probably the communication, the uh, expression could be done more in, in more productive ways, but at the same time, I can't pretend to act like I, I, I can't pretend to act like I know what you know the people in that community are going through, or you know what uh, uh, you know black people are feeling, and and people um, who feel undermined, and, and you know I, I don't want to pretend like I know what's going on with that, so I can't well, really say.
1: It, it, well, you know, in case star, that was probably the probably your shining moment on the Madden Voice because you made my point. Um, and that's really been my point. I don't condone violence. I don't condone rioting. I don't condone looting. I don't condone crime on any level. It's it's not necessary. But I understand the frustration. You know, I understand the frustration of living a life of, you know, when you're African-American and, and, and you know, when you're African-American, people look at you and see your skin color and in many cases come to a conclusion based on that, and we have to deal with that in every walk of life we're applying for a job, we're trying to get an apartment, we're trying to buy a house. We go into a store, you know, I work at a bank. I walk in the elevator, I cannot tell you how many times the ladies in the elevator, you know, take their purse and move it to the other side. You know, you you, you drive through certain towns and you notice there's a cop following you because you're black and you're driving a decent car. This is what we live with. Period. I'm not I'm not complaining. I wouldn't change who I am for anybody in the world but this is the game that I play in life. This is what I deal with. When I go for a job interview and I don't get hired, I'm always questioning, was it my skill level? Did I do a poor interview? Or is it because I'm African-American? I always have to ask that question. So this is what we live with. So that frustration of having to deal with that over and over again, and then you have a situation where many of us think either, one, the guy should have been indicted, or, two, something was wrong in the process of the grand jury, period. That's many of our opinions when I say our I mean people in general and so there's a frustration of maybe lesser educated people out there and this is the way they respond I don't condone it but I understand it's wrong it's not the way to go about it but I get it and for people out there that say you're hurting your own people you're a part of community and you're stealing from your own people in the community I get that but what if you don't feel like that's your community what if you don't feel like you're really you live there but it's not your own community so everybody really is them, it's they, and you're hurting them. And that's what I think a lot of America just doesn't understand. And until we solve that problem, this ain't going away. This, is, this will be, we had it with Trayvon Martin, we've had it with other things going on, and it'll keep happening until America understands and solves that problem. That's my never-to-be-humble opinion. Let's bring on the EAFL Super Bowl One winner. Let's bring on the man with the philosophy. Let's bring on the man that may also have an opinion on this topic. Dr. Trey,
4: welcome to the Mad Voice. Hey, that's a nice echo, man. <laughs> What's going on, brothers?
0: <laughs> What's going on, Dr. Train?
4: Not much, man. How's it been? How's it feel being face to face with T doing the Mad Voice, man? Well, you know what?
0: I tell you, man, it's um, definitely a pleasure having my brother, what, three, four feet from me. Um, yeah, you can look you look at her right know. in
4: the eye. Like, don't
0: lie. Don't lie. Hey, hey, eye
4: to eye, I say. you talking, sir.
0: That's There you go. So it's wow. definitely good to be home, good to be here with my brother, hosting live. So, um, you know, you, you couldn't ask for anything else. There you go. There you go.
1: So you know, uh, uh, I You know, I, I felt an obligation to at least quickly talk about Ferguson because it's such big news. Um, this is a form of media that we do, even though we focus on the NFL. And uh, even mm-hmm. the First Take today did a thing on it. You know, I mean, it, it just it's 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 relevant. Um, mm-hmm. Any thoughts that you want to add? You don't have to. And there's no pressure here. I kind of put K Star on the spot, but actually, K Star, I thought really shined with his comments by pretty much saying. I I I don't agree with the violence, but I I I understand the frustration. But I haven't had to go through what a lot of black people have to go through, so I maybe mean, I'm not really qualified to really comment and judge what's going on. And I respect that. I respect that from K Star. Do you have any thoughts?
4: Man, I don't. I, don't uh, I have some. I guess the one thing I will share is that um, it's it's sad and somewhat. Uh, Someone a bit frightening that um, um, we're supposed to have a law enforcement that um, supposed to serve and protect, and that's not what they're doing. And they're driven by their uh, hatred. Some are, not all. It's just it's just so unfortunate that some that work within law enforcement are driven uh, to do things like this based on their hatred to another race. And um, it, it 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 keeps me on alert for sure. <laughs> it Keeps me on alert for sure. To uh, you know, when I get stopped, when I know there's no reason to stop me, I completely keep my cool as much as I possibly can because you just never know who you're dealing with. And um, it's just un and very unfortunate that we have a justice system that doesn't even recognize. Uh, racism is still still with us.
1: Nice comments. JB, any thoughts?
0: Well, it just goes to show you that I think it was about 22 years ago we had the race riots in South Central Los Angeles and now we have the riots going on in Ferguson. It goes to show you that you can not only have violence and conflict uh, of, of this magnitude in large cities, but you can also have them in very small cities. Uh, I think that's one point that people tend to overlook that they think this is this is just a big city thing and, and it's never going to come to small cities and towns and communities like us. No, it it will and it can and and it's happened now and and that's that's what I guess for me personally heightens my level of sadness is that folks don't realize this can happen in any community. This is not just the big cities like Los Angeles or or. Uh, uh, Dallas or even My my spot now Atlanta This is cities that can occur 50,000 people, 30,000 people It doesn't matter This can happen in our own backyard as we speak So uh, that saddens me to know That it's true, it can happen anywhere And that people don't seem to realize that Good stuff Good stuff
1: Well we will pray for peace um, But I am one that believes In change and I think the process is broken And um you know, I hope that we can we can we can fix the process because it's broken. And I I'll I'll leave it at that. Let's get on to some football now. Let's move on, get on to some football now. So to honor the fact that JB is here live in Bristol, Connecticut. And for anybody out there that wants to call in, it's three four seven eight three eight nine five two five, three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. Um we're on Twitter at the Mad Voice and you know I, I looked at a lot of new Twitter followers and uh, there's some stuff out there in Twitter, Lance. I wanna I wanna appreciate uh, everyone who's uh, been following us on Twitter and making some comments. Thank you very much. And um, while you're while you're on social media, go ahead and check us out on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice. Um, but as I said, JB here live with me in Bristol, Connecticut, and we're gonna start off with his rant. The I bring the mic, and JB's got some thoughts on Odell Beckham. JB.
0: Thank you, sir, and yes, JB does bring the mic today. As you all probably know, I haven't had much to rant about lately because things in JB's world has been pretty calm, cool, and collective. But now I do need to uh, bring the mic, and this is in regard to the, yes, spectacular catch by Odell Beckham, but I'm not ranting so much about the catch per se because it was a, a magnificent catch. What I am ranting about today is the media coverage of the catch has gotten out of hand. It, it truly has. He did make a spectacular catch, but people are comparing this to the greatest catches of all time. I've seen two catches in particular. The Lynn Swan catch, I believe, which was in the, the uh, Super Bowl. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was a juggling catch that he had. I've seen another comparison to the David Tyree catch in the Super Bowl. These were catches on the big stage, the biggest stage of them all, the stage that you grow up and dream about in your backyard. Both and wrong, throw the bomb, catch it, and you, you go crazy. Those are the kinds of, of catches that you're trying to compare this to. What makes
3: it even worse,
0: these are two catches that were for victories. okay? The Giants beat the Patriots as a heavy underdog. David Tyree makes an absolutely crazy catch to help propel the Giants to victory. Lynn Swan, Super Bowl, helps propel the Steelers to victory. This was a regular season game where the Giants were out of the playoffs. Let, let, let's let put it in perspective here. They didn't win the game. They're not going to the playoffs. Was it a great catch? Yes, it was. Take nothing away from him. The other part of it that that makes me need have the need to bring the mic is the fact that the media seems to only want to give a snippet about the fact that even Odell Beckham himself says he wishes it was for a victory. I heard that one time,
3: one time,
0: and I can't even remember where I heard it from, but it was once. All the other media outlets, nobody ever mentions that. I saw NFL.com all last night, all this morning, and never once did I hear anybody say from Odell Beckham himself in all of his interviews that he stated, I wish it had been in, in victorious fashion. And I say that because we're always looking at, trying to have the either the big hit, spectacular catch. But never do you hear the, the, the fierce reality of a player saying, I wish it was done during a a a victory where we actually won the game, where it means something.
3: They don't want to on just the catch. The man admits he
0: wishes it was during a victory. A victorious celebration and it wasn't. Add that into the mix. Because if anybody coming off the street looks at it, they're just going to say, oh, he just made a good catch and keep on walking. No, there's more to it than that. And they let that piece out because the normal fan, the average fan is always saying that, oh, the the, the professional players are so selfish. They only think about themselves. This is the case where this guy's a rookie, right? He's a rookie, and he understands the magnitude of it. Add that into media. If you're going to add everything about being a spectacular catch. And in the fact that even he said he wishes it was during a victory. That's all I got to say. Gentlemen,
1: K-Star, any thoughts?
2: I mean, you got to agree, Odo Beckham not only made a spectacular catch, but also uh, made some spectacular comments on how relevant the catch is uh, at the end of the day, comparatively uh, you know, to the outcome of the game, which isn't very relevant, uh, the catch. And, and, you know, the 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 things when it all matters most um, for, for him or for, you know, the Giants. It was an amazing catch, though. And it was definitely one I'll never forget. It was absolutely amazing. But it um, certainly wasn't an important catch. And I think that's kind of what he uh, did a good job in, um, making sure that, you know, that it was downplayed appropriately, at least from his end.
4: the train. Uh, I have nothing to add to that, man. That was, uh, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, outside of it, outside of circumstances or um, or the type of game or, or when it happened, just as far as a wide receiver catching the ball, it was like the best catch I've seen watching football. But that's 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 where I stop. I don't I don't put it in any circumstance in comparing to someone catching a pass like that during a Super Bowl game or something like that because it's totally different. One of the announcers called it
1: the most athletic catch they had ever seen. I can agree with that, um, yeah. but that's where I stop. The greatest catch I've ever seen? No. Um, a great catch? Unbelievable. As far as when I watched the play, I didn't think he made the catch, and then I see touchdown. I'm like, wait a minute, he caught that? Uh, absolutely. Um, but the significance of this catch on a team that now has lost six games in a row. They clearly isn't going anywhere. They coach, I mean, they fought and they played, and we'll talk about the game. They fought, but 3 and 8, not going anywhere. Coach is fighting for his job. You know, I, 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 and when I watch Sports Center the next day, the 9 o'clock in the morning Sports Center, which is their new Sports Center, starts at 9, and the first thing they talk about is that catch. Not the game. Not the game. Not the game, Alan Iverson. Not the game.
3: <laughs> um,
1: the catch. That's just too much. So I completely agree with JB. Completely, you know. And and by now, I don't even want to hear about it. anymore. I don't care. I, I don't care. It's on. The, it's you know. It's Tuesday, and they're still talking about it. It's time to talk. You know, Bears won two in a row. Are they? Are they? Are they making a statement? You know, we got great games on Thanksgiving: Dallas and Philly, San Francisco and Seattle. You know, are the Patriots the team to beat? I mean, this is what we need to be. This is what we're going to be talking about. Um, but when you turn on TV, this is what I'm about to catch. I, you know, um, anyway, so I agree with JB. So good way to start the show. Um, let's talk about last night's game. And um, yeah, I was wrong. Um, the Saints lost third home game in a row. Uh, I, I mean, you know, the question on the on, on the on the table right now, Dr. Train, is are the Saints done? They've lost three straight at home. Are they done?
4: Of course not. <laughs> of course not. The Bucks are not done. Neither are the Panthers. So <laughs> this is still wide open, man. What wow. a disgrace! I mean, if that's not the worst kind of parody I've seen, <laughs> but it's still parody.
2: then <laughs> <laughs> the only parody—it's ridiculous. It's just—it's so absurd. I look at it and I look at the AFC North and I just weep in comparison. Just looking at the two,
4: yeah, It's like yes. absolutely. But no, no, it just it just isn't mathematically. I mean, they're tied, literally tied with for the division with Atlanta getting the tiebreaker because they won their first matchup. So with what I five games left, somebody got to win it. <laughs>
1: You know what would be good is to roll right in, and I know K Star likes to do his bona fide or bona um, together. But you know what, it makes sense to roll right in. K Star, let's do your first one, K Star, because it makes sense. We're talking about how the Saints done. Um, It really is a dumb question because they're not done because of the division that they're in. Um, That that, you know, someone with a 500 or below 500 record, and we've seen this before with Seattle, won a division at seven and nine. So we've seen this before. very well, could win the division with a 500 or below 500 record. Um, and K-Star has, I think, has an issue with this. So K-Star, let's do the first bona fide or bona front on your list.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, the playoff city is going to be reformatted and restructured. That is absolutely bona fide. That is a thought put on paper, put on ink, put on the computer, text, whatever, and it needs to stick because this is ridiculous. This is embarrassing. You know, we saw Seattle win a uh, division game, a, a playoff game rather, hosting a playoff spot like you said at seven and nine. But at least, you know, it it led to something for Seattle. to became a Super Bowl champion a couple of years later. I mean, now we can't forecast what a couple of years later will tell. What we can tell you, meanwhile, is that this this seating is messed up, man. It's wrong. You're looking at this NFC, and from top to bottom, there are several good teams, several, but none of them reside in NFC South. Four and seven, are you kidding me? Thir- at 36.4 win percentage, that's uh, it, it's absurd. The NFL really needs to look at this in the offseason. I think they really should because this was a problem then. It's more of an issue now when there are or more, more deserving teams who will be left out of the playoffs. But not only that, but having to travel to an inferior team, to a team that necessarily didn't necessarily earn their spot uh, or their whole field game. Um, and, you know, it, it, the division... You know, as far as winning the division, that's cool. They can get a playoff spot. I'm not trying to take that away from them. But the home game is a little much. They should be seated appropriately as the sixth seed. I think it looks at, gets looked into. And, again, fellas, it is a bona fide statement, it is a bona fide position to take that the playoff seedings need to be reformatted and restructured um, using this year as a very shiny example as to why.
1: All right. So let me just make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying, let's just say right now the Falcons are winning the division. So you're saying right. – Right now the Falcons should go to the playoffs because they won the division, but they should not get a fourth seed and a home game because of their record. They should they should get a six seed. Correct. And so you would replace them with a team that didn't win their division but had a better record. Right. I
4: don't
1: know. Doctor Train, what do you think?
4: Uh that's uh yeah, I, I would call that bona fide if that's the exact change that you want to make. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would call that call that bona fide for a change. I wouldn't mind seeing that. JB? I guess
0: I may be in the minority, so I'm going to say bona front, and this is why. If this was the NFL, or NBA and we were talking about the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference uh, with how bad the Eastern Conference is in the NBA, I, I'd be more apt to do so.
3: But here in the NFL
0: where you have four divisions per conference, and this is really has been an anomaly of sorts. This is not something that I see as a trend. I would chalk it up as such and not change it. I don't know how how many times a team that's won a division with a sub-500 record has occurred, but I'm going to just go on the limb and assume that it's happened very few times, if ever at all. So to change it right now abruptly just because of what's going on in the NFC South right now, would be a little too quick of a hair trigger for me. So I would keep it as is.
1: Okay. Um, I think the danger in making the change is you're you're telling the division champion that they are now playing a road game and you're replacing them with a wild card team that had a better record. Um, But, you know, let's take a look and see how this plays out. Because right now in the NFC, you've got – Cardinals, Packers, Eagles, Seahawks, right? Nope, not Seahawks. Cardinals, Packers, Eagles, Lions. And then you've got the Cowboys. wait a minute. Help me out here. Cardinals, Packers, not Lions, because Lions are in the same division. Cardinals, Packers, Eagles. So you're saying... Um, and, and so the way this would work out in real life is Cardinals are the number one seed, Packers, number two seed, Eagles, number three seed, um, Seahawks, I'm sorry, no, not Seahawks, I keep saying Seahawks, Falcons, number four seed. So we would move them to the sixth seed we'll, and yeah. replace them with that,
2: um So Dallas will move into the fourth seed and Seattle will move into the fifth. You would slide down in Atlanta, and obviously this seeds qualifiers is to re or quantify as, as to why it would happen. And to me, I think they should put a special circumstances too if the team is uh, 500 or below finishing the season as a division. Oh, so just just in the
1: under if you're 500 or below. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I you know I think when you have a system and you start messing with the system, you create more problems potentially unforeseen problems. Um, you know. It, you know, if they win the division, they win the division. And if they're a weak team, then they're gonna get they're gonna get beat. You know, simple as that. Um you yeah. know they're they gonna get normal, uh,
2: though with that with that qualifier. I mean it because you know, like like you guys pointed out, it, it is a rare occurrence. So if you do put that, you know, qualifier of okay, well if you're five hundred as a division champion or below, you know, that's when you forfeit um or or you slide back
4: down into the seedings
2: of like a six seed.
4: how yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't have much
2: it wouldn't happen much
4: anyway. I, no, I wouldn't have even to put a qualifier on that. I just, I just say your division winning your division automatically gets you into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. What that? Yeah, but then okay, so winning your division gets you in the playoffs, and then how do you do the seeding?
4: The seating based on record. So. But
0: then you got eight games, or you've played divisional games, and then the other eight, eight games are outside of your division. I mean, so.
1: And the whole tiebreaker system goes out the window now.
4: Right. You have six and you, you have, have six two. divisional games.
1: Six divisional games, right. But you know, divisional games are tiebreakers, so now,
4: you know, you have to come up with a whole new tiebreaker system. I don't I don't I don't think you would. The tiebreaker system, system would still still stand. it would stand it stands for division
1: champions, so you're saying he's the same so what happens when you have um you know, we've got three teams in the, in the NFC at eight and three. You can, yeah. Tiebreaker, uh, conference,
2: conference record, conference record, and head
4: to head. Yeah, head to head is always first, and then conference yeah. record. That's that's even now. So the tiebreakers don't change. or you, all, all basically, you win your division. You get a, you 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 automatically get a seat in the playoffs. If you fall within a wild card, you know you, you. Except for now, the seating will be based on record. Once you once you've gotten in, and that determines who gets the home game.
1: Yeah, but the way you're saying it, so between Dallas and the Packers, who's because right now they're both eight and three. So you have the Eagles at eight and three. They have. So see, I, um, I think I'm look I'm look I'm looking at it real quick. It. I'm
2: looking at it real it's quick. Two. It's because Green Bay has the better conference record.
4: Yeah, that's what that's what we'll get it. Uh, the conference record will win it if you if you don't have a head-to-head game.
1: Well, I think if you went that route, then you got to get rid of divisions. Then divisions mean nothing.
4: You you the, I mean, divisions
3: now you just have
1: two Well, why? What for? Just have just just take the top six teams. No, need divisions
4: anymore. just take
1: the top six teams.
4: Then you would need to redo your schedule. Okay, but
3: I think that's a complete overhaul. This over over is that need hand.
0: to be redone. Yeah, yeah I mean, you we started start off by saying just go by the record, record and, and then well, tie breaking will be affected. But then, then you just go by this, this then you just, go by this, you just go by that, then just go by this. There's a lot of changes that go in. That's almost saying, you know, if you tweet A, then you got to tweet B, then you got to tweet C, then you got to tweet D. It keeps on going. I mean, let's take Atlanta for example. Their conference record is four and four. Now let's just say by chance they were a seven nine team getting in because I believe the criteria was five hundred and up, and let's say they won their conference games but lost everywhere else. So again the worst scenario if, if they won all their conference games. Now they're pushed up unnecessarily when the whole purpose of having them be a five hundred or lower team was to push them down.
4: No, that's that.
0: Got, I, don't, I don't, I don't
4: know. Uh, that's that's no. That's, that's that's not how you look at. It. Basically, you still every, you don't change any tiebreakers. Nothing changes except for the fact that once you're in the playoffs from winning your division, your seed changes, which means you, don't, you probably won't get a home game if you don't have a better record than somebody that would have came in as a wild card. That is it. Nothing yeah. else changes. Only thing changes is the seeding. That is it. Tiebreakers, none of that has to change whole system stays but it's the not their only fault that, that, the per- that
0: the team is, may be in an inferior division. They didn't make the schedule. They didn't have to be in that division.
4: No. Yeah, yeah, that. That. Oh, but you that's still get in from winning your division. The only the only thing you don't get, the only thing you do not get is a home game. That's it. That's huge. I mean, that is, but that's a huge error. fan is not that, but that's, that's but huge. That's a huge removal. That's the, I mean, the only thing you don't get.
0: Now has have to go on the rovers. versus playing at home. We all know what, you got the home games in the playoffs versus role games.
2: But that's the Some point. Season. That's the point. So, yeah. There's a problem when Atlanta, potentially season end today, has a home game. That's the an issue. And that's what can be easily fixed through this quick uh, tweak, uh, which will be implemented that way. It, again, what Train said, nothing really changes here. Division records, they still play out within your division as to uh, who wins the division if, you know, you guys are tied. Um, but it always defers to head-to-head before going to conference anyway once the playoff teams um, are
1: are established. Yeah, but you're as, saying winning the your division gets you into the playoffs. So I could win my division, get into the playoffs, and go on the road. I could be a wild-card team in another division, right? I didn't win my division. I'm a wild-card team, and I'm going home to play a game. In theory, that's a problem. Forget record just in conversation, we're saying in this one situation, it's a problem because we've got a team that's four and seven heading to the playoffs. I get that. But in theory, if you play it out, and let's forget that there's a team under 500, let's just talk regular records for every other season we go through here. I see problems because I just won my division at 12 and four, but, and I don't know, you know, we were talking tiebreakers and whatever, I could very well be going on the road playing this other guy stadium, because he had a better conference record than me, right?
4: yeah if there are four other if there are four other teams with a better record than you sitting at fourteen and whatever and thirteen or whatever yeah i mean i don't i, I don't care that it I, I don't i don't care that it's only applying just because of you know teams that are under five hundred i just I, I actually like the idea of the system
3: yeah
1: see I, I personally don't have a problem because. What, what the system says, you win your division, you get a home playoff game, and and so if it, twice in twenty five years two teams get in with under five hundred records, I think I think we're doing okay. If this was an every year occurrence, I think we'd have a problem. But if we could say twice and you know when did we get when did we do go into this division alignment alignment where uh, we had the expansion teams, the Jaguars, and all you know all that came in about twenty twenty five years ago roughly. So and that's when with the thirty two teams. So if if at at that point since then, what, twice? Twice? I think yeah, we're twice okay. I don't yeah. I think I think the division rivalries and the division matchups and you know we're talking I mean, look what we're talking about. Look at the division races we're talking about. I mean I mean pretty much almost every division we've got an exciting division race going on, right? You look at look at look at every division right now. I think the only one that may not be that exciting anymore is the AFC East. But AFC North, that's as tight as you can get, right? Uh, AFC South, it uh, looks like the Colts is on, they're on their way. AFC West, pretty tight. NFC East, two teams tight. NFC North, two teams tight, and honestly, Bears making a little resurgence. So, they're not out of it, right? NFC South, okay all the teams are under five hundred but you got three teams fighting for it all within one game. NFC West, three teams still in it. Now there's an incentive and a motivation to fight for that division title. That's what that's what this is all about. Win the division, you know you're in the playoffs, you know you have a home game. And and if you take that away, I think we're changing the quality of what we're gonna see during the season. I think it becomes a different league during the season. The division rivalries and the matchup and fighting for that, to me, is what fuels us right now. I mean, sure, you're talking about number one seed. Who's going to be the number one seed? But right now, I mean, they interviewed Drew Brees last night before the game. What do you say? The season didn't, isn't playing out like that thought, but what do we say in the preseason? Win your division. And guess what? We still have a chance to win our division, even with a subpar year. Fortunately, you know, the other teams are having the same struggles we're having. We still got a shot to win our division. So now they've still got something to play for. You know, we've got, what, probably 26 teams that still have something to play for because of the division alignment. Take that away, now all of a sudden maybe we've got 18 teams that have something to play for. Now all of a sudden it's not the same NFL. So I don't
0: I don't. are saying.
3: Don't.
0: Well, not to mention playing at home as your first game in the playoffs. I, I can't stress that enough. And I wish I had a chance I, I again to back it up. But playing at home in the playoffs is a big deal.
4: And I, and I think playing the last time this would take away I I disagree that it would take away the fight because the one the one the main thing that, that winning the division guarantees is you in the playoffs. Well, absolutely. And I, I could disagree for the with actually the fight of any team yeah, trying to trying to get there.
1: Yeah, but 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 I agree with Jay. Winning the division gets you in the playoffs now, winning division gets you a home de- home game. When you're when you're Atlanta, and normally New Orleans, that home game is everything. That you, you, you know, be- before these last three games, New Orleans was pretty much unbeatable at home. Now, all of a sudden, they're not they're beatable. Okay, I get that. But in general, that home game was everything. I mean, and and th- that ma- that matters. That means something. You know, Atlanta's pretty tough at home. That means something. You know, and I think you take that away. And I do think it changes the motivation. They're still going to fight. I just I don't see it. That, I don't see it the same way personally. I, I I and and honestly, because we haven't done it yet, probably have to go. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna play with this because I think there's more problems than what we can identify quickly on the show just by brainstorming it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play with this and come back in a week or two with with a full analysis and, and see. But I I think there's more problems. I think the division alignment is strong for a lot of reasons. And I think if you – you're saying keep the division, but get get rid of that home game if you – if there's someone that's in the a wild card spot with a better record.
4: Basically, right? that's it. Train, that's, that's, it. That right. yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay.
1: And, and K starts saying the under 500 thing.
4: Yeah, I think that's doing okay.
1: too much. I,
3: think, <laughs> I, I mean, no, no, no. No, 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 that's,
2: after hearing fan, I'd much rather do it the other way. I I just think that it's still better both options are better than what it is because to me it's more of a it's more criminal, it's more of an issue. The outcry should be louder and much greater for when if a seven and nine or seven five hundred team wins the division, gets a playoff spot and a home field game, more so than that twelve and four wild card team that has a home a home field game over the ten and six team. I'm not gonna cry as much, I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat>
3: Well, well, I, I think I was the beauty really it criminal is, is the you it is the potential
0: of being you know, under 500 and being able to win a, a playoff game. I, I like to think about the, the NCAA basketball tournament, and you have some of these teams that come in, win their division with a sub-500 record, and they're glad to be in it. They're glad to have uh, the seed that they're in because they know they get a chance to compete. You take that to a higher level with the NFL, and you take away the home field advantage, that, that's a killer. I mean, that's huge. That is huge. Is it huge, Jeff? It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're making it sound really <laughs> huge. <laughs> I just like I can look across <laughs> to see and him. And I can look at him and say the same thing. Because you know what? It's huge. You know, you know. What I, mean. <laughs> right. I hear it. I don't care. It's still huge. Yeah, it's still huge. Right. All right. Um, <laughs> all
1: right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about coaching because we can. Um, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I thought it was good to revisit who's coaching for their job. Um, Rex Ryan came on and said that it, unless something changes, he knows he's at least coaching five more games. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I had to laugh too when I heard that. <laughs> I, I, I,
1: said, I said, "Okay, well, you at least know you're coaching five more games." Um, but I think I think we all know at this point. Rex Ryan's all done. Uh did, did, I I mean, I can't see anything that would um allow him to keep his job. Does, is that can we all agree on that and just move on to our next coach? Does anybody disagree? Yeah.
4: Oh. All right.
1: So Rex Ryan's gone. We can agree on that, okay? I think we can agree that a coach like Lovey Smith in his first year is probably not going anywhere. It's his first year, you know, they're gonna give him a little time. He's got a good a good track record and you know you know he, he inherited a pretty bad team to begin with um so i, I think we can all agree Lovey Smith is safe, right? We can all agree on that
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: okay um, Raiders don't really have a coach, they got an interim coach, so we won't talk about the Raiders um, uh, uh, let's go to the let's go to the Giants. The Giants is a good one, you know we we saw. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know what you're laughing at. Oh yeah, that's a good one. They
3: like jelly. Well, jelly's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, sorry guys. Um, let's talk about the Giants. Um, now let's be honest. The Giants fought Sunday night. They really did. I was impressed. I gotta say, if if we if we you know did MVPs for teams that lost, I was thoroughly impressed with the Giants' fight. They went out there and. Had a good game plan against the Cowboys, had the Cowboys reeling. The Cowboys were a little rusty after not playing for a couple of weeks, and but um, I was very I was that was not the team I expected to see. Um, but that said, they still lost, and they they they've lost six in a row. Um, train, I'll start with you. You know the NFC pretty well. What do you think? You know, is Coughlin two-time Super Bowl champ? He's coaching for his job. Um,
4: I, I think it's a possibility that he still is, but then again, you know, I, I do have a bit of change of heart from when we talked about this maybe like a week ago, and uh, I would possibly give him one more year. I mean, there's something that they're missing, but – I can't quite put my finger on it, but I would possibly give him one more year.
1: Okay. K-Star, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I would give it another
2: year. The team hasn't quit at all. They had, you know, some young players. I mean, obviously everyone has an Odell Beckham. But they were pretty good last uh, on Sunday night. I think a lot of it was Rashad Jennings coming back. They were without him for a great portion of the season. Um, so I would give it another year. Give Eli another year. I mean, they also had a new coordinator this year, um, offensively. So it took a little time for them to mesh at the beginning of the year, anyway. So again, I would give another
1: year. JB.
0: Yeah, last week I had mentioned that it's probably time to blow him up, but after i seen the way they fought in the uh, Sunday night game,
3: you
0: know, I'm, I, I guess I've had a, a change of heart. I do know that last year I thought he was playing for or, or coaching for his, his job. And we all say one more year, and this was that last year of that one more year. Having Victor Cruz gone for the majority of the season and seeing the the emergence of, of Beckham, if they can do something with the offensive line and get a pass rush, this might be a formidable team. So I guess I'd be inclined to say give him another year also.
1: Yeah, I even went on Facebook after seeing their fight. I mean, for me, when a team still fights for their coach, that says a lot. This team is still fighting. They're fighting for their jobs. They're fighting for their coach. Um, they went in there and and wanted to beat the Cowboys, and that's a good sign. So I think um, they've had a lot of injuries. They've had, you know, some stuff. Um, when you have a, a probably a Hall of Fame coach, um, two-time Super Bowl champion uh, quarterback um, under this coach, I say you give him another year. And knowing the giant organization um, – I, I, they, they, they're not a knee jerk. They're not a knee jerk. The ownership there is not a knee jerk. They're more of a deliberate. We're gonna think things out. I think they're gonna come back to the same conclusion. This team is still playing for this coach. Our job, you know, Reese and these guys, their job is to go ahead and get them some players. And you know, um, you know, you see Beckham and Cruz weren't really on the field much this year. You put them boys on the field together next year. Um, with the offensive line that just in the last two weeks has improved. And, um, you know, you keep working on that defense and go out there and get some pieces. The Giants could be relevant again. Uh, I'd I, I give him one more year. I'd definitely give him one more year. Um, another coach kind of on the hot seat over there in Carolina, K-Stars Hall of Fame uh, quarterback, although he has finally jumped off that bandwagon. But um, the Cam Newtons, <laughs> coached by Ron Rivera. Case, what do you think? Is Ron Rivera coaching for his job? Yeah, they got to get rid of Ron. Um,
2: I, I just I not like how they're using him, uh, Cam. Uh, you're not seeing really much improvement at all or development from a, a number of their players. And it's just schematically, it, it's just... Unimaginative, not very good, and I mean his, his time played out well uh, for them. You know they had the, their one good year, um, but we kind of seen what Ron Rivera is going to be as a coach for them, and um, I don't know. I'm personally not a fan, so I would like to see a new coach, a new system in uh,
4: Carolina. Start the train, in Case, are you looking at the wrong side of the ball when it comes to Ron Rivera for a coach that that's supposed the good to be defense? defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, the defense is terrible too. Yeah.
4: He has yet to establish a solid, consistent defense. And uh, uh, he was our defensive coordinator for, you know, under Lovey uh, when, we, when we went to the Super Bowl 2006 and um, ended up getting his coaching job a year later after that. But, you know, even with Lovey Smith, who came in as a defensive minded coach, he established a consistent defense. For his whole tenure, we didn't always make the playoffs, but you know Chicago's defense came with it every single game, and I think for that alone uh if you, if you if you can't at least get your strength, you can at least coast to your strength um yeah i'd i be searching for someone new and as far as cam newton i i don't i I'm still trying to understand why they let Steve Smith go again. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, that, that that to me two of the mysteries of the NFL is Steve Smith and um Darren Sproles. I mean, two playmakers yeah. and it's just, you know and and you can see the teams that they left their struggles. So I I, I don't get it. Um, uh I think Ron Rivera is gone. That's all I'm going to say. I think he's gone. JB, thumbs up. I agree.
4: Um, (laughs) You can can actually see. Thumbs up.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: I can see. see? He's sitting. Like I said, we are four feet apart. We have five in Dad's basement that we always sit in when we're here visiting with our father. And so we are sitting in those spots doing the Madden voice right now.
0: We Um, got tray tables up just
1: like we always do. And we've got a little libation. Like we always do.
4: That's all I'm saying. Um, anyway, I, I, demand I, d- I, <laughs> d- I demand a photo. I demand a PMB photo of you two. and, and I want to see this.
3: <laughs> How
4: about you, Train? If I ever end up there,
2: I-, I want my own tray. You know what I mean? There's not something see. a little comfy uh, set up there. I want my own tray. So, what you um, don't understand is that has four trays, so there would be a tray for all of us. Like, nice. That's how that works. way to That's go how that works. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice.
1: Uh, Mike Smith. Atlanta Falcon. I'll start with you, JP.
4: Goodbye. <laughs> there have
0: been so many people in the A that have been screaming for him to go. I've seen it on Facebook. I've had my friends talk to me about it. I've had coworkers talk to me about it. I've listened to the water cooler talk. There is not one person that has said, "Oh, you know, we need to keep him around one more year." No, no, he, he's got to go, and it's unfortunate too because I really think he's not only a—he—he—he's a, a, he, done a good job in turning the Falcons around. He did a very good job being the D coordinator with with the Jaguars, but after a while, your time in one location tends to run itself. This has been the year where it's run, run itself dry. He's got too many weapons on the offensive side of the of the of the ball to have the kind of record and have the kind of performance that he's had. So that's a long way to say he's it's time to go. All right. Well, Jay is the
1: ATL authority. Uh, any disagreement on Mike
3: Smith?
4: Well, uh, my question is, um, has he lost his – I mean, has they, have they lost a defensive coordinator out of their staff recently or – Has he had the same coaching staff the entire time? Uh, I believe it's been the same staff. I mean, he may have had some turnover here
0: and there, but collectively speaking, I I believe it's been the same.
4: Okay. I I think the offensive coordinator might have been mentioned for a job a while back, but I don't think he necessarily landed one. Uh, With that said, I guess I I would would definitely have to – uh, agree, because if you got the same coaching staff and now you're starting to go downhill when you mm-hmm. were once uphill and actually won the division, um, that means you're lacking the ability to bring in talent. For the side yes, of the sorry, ball. Agree. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, he's
2: terrible. He's awful. Uh, Mike Smith, he's been there for a very long time in Atlanta, and he's just... <sighs> It has had so many questionable moves, decisions over the past couple of years, and you don't really see that team getting any better. You see them kind of just staying in the middle of the pack, and I think they peaked uh, under that staff and regime um, under the NSC, when they uh, lost to the Niners in, I believe, the NFC Championship game um, or uh, whatever game it was when they had a very good season and had a home-field uh, advantage.
0: And then before uh uh, he speaks. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research Because I, in the back of my mind Some told me that they did make a switch And it was in 2011 Where uh, it looked like their Offensive coordinator Mike Malarkey had taken the job at and We all know how that went And then his defensive coordinator, Brian Van Gordon He took a job uh, at Auburn University So there, there was a little bit of turnover But collectively speaking There hasn't been a, a complete overhaul That one would think Hmm
4: I mean, that's, I was just, I was just thinking that that could be definitely why the defense is struggling. I don't know. Normally 90, you promote the, yeah. It's time
1: for a new coach in Atlanta. Simple as that. You know, they had hard knocks this year and all of that, and where does it get them? Thank God that they're. Um, you know, in a weak division. But beyond that, you know, and and, and let me remind you guys of something.
3: Hello, you play
4: to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, to retire, get
1: out. Yeah, um, yeah, they should go. Um, <laughs> Dr. Train, a couple of weeks ago we had a, some really harsh words for your Bears. Gave up what was it, two fifty burgers in a row? If I remember. Correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's a, there's a slight resurgence over there in Chicago, five and six now. Um. Mm you know and and you 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 led the campaign for some changes in Chicago and harsh words what are your thoughts now two wins later you still feel the same way is it fool's gold or do you think that um maybe maybe your team can uh you know what, what do you think is trustman should trustman be on the hot seat or do you think there's some
4: hope uh the the bears have provided a little bit of hope I mean, right now every game is a playoff game. Um, you know, I keep up with them on a the Tribune and, and found out that the, the defense had a players-only meeting. Um, I'm assuming they got some productivity out of that because they played better as a unit since then, um, but we also haven't had the caliber of opponents that we've had prior to them sucking. So, um, I, I would say there's a little bit of hope right now. It's just it's just game by game. I mean, as long as they're in the picture. Okay. And and and, and then I even found out uh, after this at the halftime of the Tampa Bay game, we was down ten to nothing. Uh, from what I understand, from what I read. Uh, Tressman actually gave a speech that was uh, different from the norm. One that had a little bit more fire and festivity behind it. So the players came out different. So maybe he's taking a different tone. I, w- I would hope so. Because we don't need to be cuddling grown men to play real football. There you go.
1: Okay. Last team I'm going to ask about. I'm going to start off with K Star. This team might surprise you, but I'm curious. Um, The last couple of weeks, there's been even more dissension than normal in Washington. And the feeling in the media is that RG3 is Dan Snyder's boy, and maybe Jay Gruden feels differently. And that's why there's some tension there. RG3 has certainly not played. uh, and, And frankly, you know, we could really get into a whole RG3 discussion because at this point, RG3 has played more pedestrian in his career than he has played great. Um, so I don't even know if I want to say he hasn't played to an RG3 level. I'm wondering if there even is an RG3 level. Uh, could he could he really just be um, not that good of an NFL quarterback at this point? Um, you know, I guess that would be a, a separate discussion. But there's a lot of people that feel that maybe Jay Gruden would go in another direction. Maybe Jay Gruden wants to ride Colt McCoy a little bit and, and is limited in his ability to be able to do that. Um, because of Dan Snyder and because of what Washington gave up to go and get RG3. And now Dan wants to make sure that they ride RG3 as much as possible. So that said, I'll start with K-Star. With all of this in the air, could the rubber meet the road? And maybe at the end of this year, Daniel Snyder says, you know what? I need to go get another coach that can do something with RG3 because he's our franchise. And Jay couldn't get it done. He's not the guy. We're going to go out and get somebody else. Is that
2: possible? It's certainly possible, especially when Dan Snyder is the owner. Uh, he's fired, coaches before after one season in Washington, um, so it wouldn't be the first time. And you got to consider what he has invested in RG3 is far greater than what he has invested in Gruden. And, I mean, either way, something's going to have to change because RG3 looks not even startable. Um, he looks awful. He looks like the worst quarterback in the league. And mechanically he's flawed. Uh and you know, if that office doesn't fit him at all, if that office doesn't fit him at all, or maybe the coaching staff doesn't fit him at all, this is um another coaching staff that somehow has uh, uh got run over by the R G three hype train and, and and Dan Snyder had sided with R G three, so it wouldn't surprise me if it happened again. Um, you actually see Kyle Shanahan doing quite uh a, a an impressive job in Cleveland right now as a coordinator, so you have to wonder the really, uh, the coaching staffs, or is it you know again, like you said, just who RG three is as
4: an NFL quarterback?
1: Doctor Train, your thoughts?
4: Um, I think there may be a possibility of um, Dan Snyder getting in the way, considering that they you know pretty much sold the farm to to get RG three, and if if it doesn't pan, of course, it doesn't look like it's panning out. Um, it's a setback for the team. It's kind of disappointing because, uh, uh, you know, uh, people kept talking about when, you know, kept saying the offense that he was in with Mike Shanahan was getting him hurt. It was getting to put them in danger. But at the same time, it was, it was the strength of his game. He stayed mobile. He stayed on the move. All he had to do was learn how to get down or go out of bounds. I try to get every single yard. Uh and he pretty much would have stayed healthy, in my opinion. Uh and now trying to stand in there and be a pocket passing quarterback, which he isn't, uh, he looks horrible. He really looks horrible. And his offense isn't doing him any favors. And and he since he came back from injury too soon last season, you know, he gave himself another setback, a blow to his confidence. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, that's not, you know, I wouldn't consider that Jay Gruden. He needs, he's trying to have a team that wins. Let him get his guy.
1: JV. You
0: no, know, I, I think we've already hit the nail on the head with the fact that they gave up the farm to get RG three, and, and the fact that you've got an owner that's heavily involved in his team with deep pockets. I don't see it out of the realm of possibility of replacing Jay Gruden with another coach to get RG3 back on track the way he was in his rookie season and also at the same time keep him healthy. So uh, is it is it within reason and within possibility? Absolutely.
1: I think I agree with all of you. But something tells me that Dan Snyder is going to get sick of being the worst team in the NFC. Uh, I'm sorry, the worst team in the NFC East. And the reason I say this is because clearly at this point, if you were to say Dallas and Philly are probably going to the playoffs, I don't think too many people would doubt that. One of them is going to win the division, and one of them is going to win the wild card. At this point, that's the way it's looking. They're going to beat each other up a little bit, probably split. Dallas has a good shot of winning at home. I think Philly has a good shot of winning at home. Probably split and probably be one game apart. One of them will get to maybe 11-5, and 10-6, 12-4, 11-5, something like that. One wins the division. One goes in wild card. And who knows? The way Arizona is sliding, maybe one of the, the division winner gets a number two seed, number one seed. We don't know. But clearly those two teams are the class of that division right now and two of the better teams in NFC at this point. So when you look at it and I'm not saying that the two porns, I'm stating where way it's looking right now. So when you look at Daniel Snyder and then you look at the fact that the Giants have won two Super Bowls in the last, I don't know, what six years, so so you've got the Eagles heading to the playoffs again. You've got the Cowboys finally looking like the Cowboys of old, making some noise. You've got the Giants who have won Super Bowls recently. The only team that really hasn't been relevant is the Redskins, and their relevance came from drafting RG3. And what has RG3 done for them? Nothing. Absolutely, positively Nothing.
3: So one I have
1: a – one playoff birth. is rookie year. Yeah. And, and that was it. And that was it. As opposed to his counterpart, Andrew Luck. he a little there, hasn't he? Huh?
4: Yeah. I said he, heading to his third birth.
1: Heading to – exactly. And so I have a feeling, I have a feeling that Daniel Snyder might say, you know what? If Jay Gruden, who comes from a coaching tree that understands quarterbacks, can't get RG3 to be what we need him to be, then we need to reevaluate this whole thing. We need to – We maybe not necessarily the term blow it up always comes up. Maybe not blow this thing up. But I think he may – because we're talking about a guy that's got a name now. And, yeah, a lot of it is because of his brother. But this isn't – you know, he, he – he let Shanahan go because Shanahan said RG3 isn't the guy. And so Snyder said, okay, well, you know what? Maybe you're not the coach. Maybe your best day is behind you. You, you, you know, we're going to move on. So he went out and got Jake Rudin for the specific purpose of making RG3 the face of that team and one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And if Jake Rudin comes back and says, the guy doesn't have it, I I have a feeling Daniel Snyder might listen, might say, well, then what do you want to do, Jay? What's your suggestion here? You know, we've got a lot of money vested here. We've got Kirk Cousins, who probably isn't really that good. We've got Colt McCoy. Maybe he's a little better. Is there somebody What do you want to do? I see this meeting of the minds happening in the off season. Because when you bring in the brother of a guy who won a Super Bowl, to me, that means something. And Daniel Snyder wants to win a Super Bowl So I'm going to say it's possible But I'm going to say It's going to happen We're going to see Jay Gruden back next year And either they're going to revise How they play RB3 In a way that Jay Gruden thinks is effective Or there'll be another starting quarterback in Washington And that's my opinion And I'm sticking to it Alright mm-hmm. So we already know DeMarco Murray is leading the NFL in rushing. We know in the NFL when we think about rushing and we hear the name Murray, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is DeMarco Murray, who's got uh, well over 1,300 yards on pace to get over 1,900, close to 2,000 yards, uh, an MVP candidate, doing doing just phenomenal. More than likely got a break. He's about 400 yards away from Emmitt Smith's record with, with um, five games to go. So um, just doing big things. But now all of a sudden, there's another Murray that popped up. What are your thoughts, JB, on the Raiders? Did, have the Raiders found something, or is this fool's gold? Kind of like McFadden was fool's gold. McFadden had some flashes, got us fantasy owners all excited, and can't stay healthy. And now he's a he's a he's a mere shell of his former self. returning kickoffs and um, stuff. Is this Murray somebody that is going to turn into something, or is this fool's gold?
0: Uh, it, the, the potential is there for it to be something. Obviously, uh, there was a lot of hype going into it from Fantasyland. And for the first half of that game, before he had the concussion, he was performing at a very high level. Um, uh, honestly, from uh, to take a different uh, viewpoint on this, I think it's really time for the Raiders to give him the keys to the car, so to speak. I think McFadden has had his time. He didn't produce. Let this uh, this new Murray guy take a shot at it and see. Hopefully he can stay healthy, a lot lot more healthy than than McFadden ever did. But just from that first half, you can see the glimpses of, of the ability to at least be a successful backer in, in this league. Obviously too soon to tell, but I think I think it's time for them to at least give him a shot.
1: K-Star, what do you think?
2: He uh, looked really good. I mean... He only had four carries, though, so let's keep in perspective. Obviously, he has uh, talent, but, you know, as you said, so did McFadden when he first came into the league. So, um, And also, like McFadden, you know, this guy is already hurt. So I don't want to knock him too soon. He's certainly uh, – there's not enough of a sample size to say that he's injury-prone by any means, but let's also be real. There's just not much of a sample size at all to make that call on how good he is.
1: Trey?
4: Yeah, I agree with both KSI and JB. I just wish I would have seen more. Um, but mm-hmm. what do the Raiders have to lose to give him a shot? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> hey,
1: I'll put it through this way. I'm a big wrestling fan, and there's a wrestler named Ryback, and his uh, his thing is Feed Me More. And if I had the soundtrack, I'd play it right now. Um, feed him. Feed him more. Feed him the ball. We already know what you're going to get, and not get out of McFadden. So if you just got a ball, let him run, go for it, boom.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, last topic before we move on to the rest of Bonafide and Bonafront. MVP candidate. I think it's pretty consensus that uh, Brady is the lead dog, but does anybody feel differently? A few weeks ago, we were talking Peyton Manning, but Brady has shot up, um, done some magnificent things. But is there anyone else out there? I mean, yeah. Uh, let's start with you, Train. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's start with you, K star. star. He said Someone "Start with train. train." No, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> let me let me cut in front of you appropriately. Um, as I'm just going to interject myself.
3: Rogers. Rodgers.
2: Uh, you know, I think the winner of this upcoming game, we'll, we'll project it later, um, of the same. Or, I'm sorry, of the Patriots and Packers. I, I feel that is the lead candidate for this year's MVP. I feel that is the game right there that will win uh, the MVP because um, as the season winds up. I mean, let's be real. We I can't imagine either one of these two players, these two great quarterbacks, not playing consistently very good to great uh, play for the rest of the year. So this will be a Hallmark win, a, a signature
1: win.
3: So for me, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are neck and neck. Okay.
4: okay. Train? He stole my pick. That's why he wanted to go first.
2: Yeah, that's why he wanted to go first. Yeah.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Anybody but if I had someone put up, someone up I um, I still consider Demarco Mary. He's been healthy. What's this now? Eleven games. Still 11 cranking games. it out. Yep, I still consider Demarco Mary.
1: Okay. JB.
4: You know, honestly, I was thinking the same
0: thing. Uh, I think his name has to be in discussion just because of all the prior years where the Cowboys really needed to have a running game, and now he supplied that. And look what they're doing. Uh, you also have to throw Aaron Rodgers in the mix as well. I mean, look, look at what has occurred since you had the whole relaxed quote. I mean, they've gone on an absolute scare. Um So between those three, I think is, is those three are the ones that are really up for discussion for MVP.
4: Thirty and three, dude. Thirty and three. God. Who's thirty and three? I, I missed that. Aaron Rodgers. 30 touchdowns, three interceptions.
1: Oh, 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 gotcha. Um, I I don't disagree with Tom Brady. I don't disagree with Aaron Rodgers at all. Um, But now it's time for the Omniscient One, the NFL Oracle, to take over and throw in a new name that has not been added to the mix. Uh Uh-oh. And it's time that this name be added to the mix. It's time. Everyone wants to talk about DeMarco Murray. Everybody wants to talk about 1,300 yards and he's and, and no. on to resurge the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys would be nowhere without Tony Romo this year. And anybody that doesn't see that. And let's be clear. The Cowboys are 8-3. Let's look at the three losses. Loss number one is the first game of the year. Guys who barely played in preseason – Coming off of a back surgery And the first half was a, was a disaster Second half though Outscored San Francisco 14 to nothing. Okay The other two losses One is the Redskins game Which he got knocked out of Came back, we later find out he had a broken back Played out there with a broken back Trying to win the game And the other loss he didn't play in That was against Arizona 5-0 and 0 on the road all Tony Romo, 5-0 and o on the road, all Tony Romo, okay? There's no other team that even has one road loss. Every other team, including Green Bay, including New England, has at least two road losses. Dallas, 5-0 and o on the road, Tony Romo. If you don't think Tony Romo is what makes that engine go, then you need to watch the last couple of games. You need to watch the game where DeMarco Murray runs for 122 yards, but why does Dallas win that game? Because Tony Romo brings him down on another. He's 27th since 2007, game-winning drive. Flawless.
3: Now, I'm not going
1: to take anything away from the offensive line. I'm not going to take anything away from, from DeMarco Murray. Okay, all of it works together. But at the same time, without we saw what happened with DeMarco Murray, with that offensive line, and Brandon Weeden, We saw what happened in Arizona. And the only reason that team went into the fourth quarter with a chance to win is because of all the other players on that team. But without Tony Romo, that game that game ends up being a 28-17 game. And really, that last touchdown was just them in prevent defense. It really was a 28-10 game. So... Anybody who doesn't understand the engine called the Dallas Cowboys runs because of Tony Romo. When you do not have the threat of Romo back there, then you have a case where DeMarco Murray gets 19 carries for 79 yards against a very good Arizona defense and he lost Because there's no threat that that quarterback's going to scramble out and make the plays that we see Tony Romo do Time and time and time again. The guy is playing on another level for him and a level very close to what we're seeing Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers do. He's not, I will admit, I would put him third behind both of them right now. but I would put him ahead of DeMarco Murray. I would put him, I would put um, Brady first, Rodgers second, and then my vote would go for Tony Romo third.
3: Because he when we're
1: talking most valuable player. That team without Romo goes nowhere. Nowhere.
3: Nowhere. Okay, I'm going to
2: right now. I'm going to right now. I'm going to right now. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, I'm sorry, T are not great enough of a team to support two legitimate two legitimate MVP candidates. They're not. The team, though, when you look at them, DeMarco Murray is on page for a damn near 2,000-yard rushing. 2,000. Yep. 2,400 total yards. And you're talking about Tony Romo. Tony Romo absolutely is a great player and has been very, 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 very good this season. But the team MVP, he he, he wouldn't even win that. Because of Marco Murray would, so he's just having a career year at that position. This is going to be one of the uh, you know top ten greatest running back seasons we may have ever seen. Once all said and done, so, it. So let me let me, he let me let me just
1: let me just shut you down real quick because you don't know what you're talking about. First of all, we saw Adrian Peterson get two thousand yards. The Vikings didn't even make a playoff. How many years did Barry Sanders get 1500 plus yards? And where did Detroit Lions go? You can't just say because a running back's having a phenomenal year that means everything. This is a team game, and you have to look T- at what creates the win. Team T- wins. T-
4: Minnesota made it to the playoffs that year.
1: They did. they did. They did. And they both, dude, they both
2: help each other. I'm not. I, you didn't hear me, bash Romo. But what I said was, this running know. back is having a career year and one of the better all-time seasons at that position and the the, the biggest change with the Cowboys this season is their philosophy and more dedication to the ground game and just how awesome you know the Marco Murray and that offensive line have been as well as, as Romo but K
1: star the K star the K star. The reason that that is successful is because you have a quarterback that also has the ability to pick you apart. And so you go ahead and put eight men in the block to try to stop DeMarco Murray, and Romo's going to eat you up. You then step back and say, we can't do that. We need to go back in the coverage, and now Murray eats you up. So you can say it's all DeMarco Murray, and I'm telling you, that's not the case. If you take Romo, did you not watch – did they make playoffs? I stand corrected. Arizona. I mean, uh, I didn't realize they made the playoffs that year. Um, if you take Romo out as they did against Arizona, what happened? What happened? If Romo is not that important, then why didn't the Cowboys? I never said he wasn't better? important. But but if, uh, I'm just saying I the Cowboys the are great enough
2: or dominant enough of a team to support two legitimate MVP candidates. Well, that's your, and when you look at the that's two, your
1: that's, rate, that's your hater hate hate That's your hater It's not haterade.
4: It is absolutely her- <laughs> uh I I, I feel guilty about did, did watch um,
1: Did you watch the giant game? Four touchdowns. DeMarco Murray had 122 yards rushing, but but Romo threw four touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown. But, but,
3: but you say it like like as a matter of factly.
1: Fact, oh, he was terrific. Like, it doesn't mean anything.
3: But the it biggest difference from the guy with this season is,
2: is, is the the dedication to the running game, which, again, they, they, they help each other. I'm not denying that. But, again, when you look at the two, one is having one of the best all-time seasons at the running back position, while the other is having a very, very good season. But
1: And and, it, and the, running, the running game has allowed them to do more things than they've done in the past. However, that running game without Romo, aka the Atlanta, uh, the Arizona game, is not effective.
3: It's, it it's yards.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't get you the win. Romo is what gets you the win, and 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 the running game is predicated on having Romo back there. That's why it's so effective. Yes, they have a great offensive line, but it's the threat of what Romo can do that has the defenses having to respect. Romo's arm, and it allows Murray to have lanes that he wouldn't have if you put Brandon Whedon back there. As Trey and it also helps me, Romo
2: with one-on-ones on the outside as they have to commit to stop yeah, and it, run. I mean, it would be helping
1: Absolutely. But he's got to make the throws, doesn't he? He's got to still make the plays, doesn't he? Whedon couldn't make those plays. That's the point. Well, Brandon Weed is terrible. I tried to warn I tried to warn you guys
2: that when you guys were high on Weed during the Washington game. And
1: and, so. and, and I and I came around and said that you were right, Case. Our Weed was terrible. I came on this show and said I don't say it often, but when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I was wrong about Weed He's horrible. Go get me Tim Tebow. I said. I'm still waiting on Tim Tebow. Been texting him. <laughs> you know. Been calling the ESPN SEC channel. Give me Tim Tebow. I want Tim Tebow. I don't care. Give me Kirk Cousins. You know, you know, give me Kyle, give me, give me Rex I'm just saying. maybe. I'm just saying. You need, you have to respect the fact that it's not just DeMarco Murray means that now they have to respect the running game where in the past maybe they didn't respect it as much. And DeMarco Murray stayed healthy and he's having a great sensational year. But that whole engine runs on Tony Romo. Why do you think the goal came to play in London? where everyone said, you got to buy me, why are you playing Romo?
3: Against a one-and-nine Jacksonville yes team.
1: Why are you playing Romo? Because Romo makes that engine go. That's why Romo went to London. Took a nine-hour flight out there, nine-hour flight back. Even though five most would have said, we're going to sit our franchise quarterback. We can win against a one-and-nine team with our backup quarterback. No. No, we couldn't. Because as great as DeMarco Murray is, without the threat, of a solid passing game, DeMarco Murray isn't going very far. His yards will not get a win. And that's what we saw against Arizona. I would love it. Maybe we'll see it in another season. We'll see Dallas against Arizona again. I think we'll see, I think it's a different game with a healthy Romo back there. But with Weedon, it was terrible. So I'm sorry you feel like Dallas isn't good enough. At 8-3, and second-best record in the NFL, mind you. To not have two MVP candidates, but you know, you know.
3: Uh, have, uh, well, I, one
4: had two thousand yards. I'm just saying. Hey, let me in here. I, but I, yet he ain't get
3: two thousand yards
0: yet. For one, two, if this is the NBA, it reminds me a lot of the Bulls in the nineties with, with Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the eyes on favorite for MVP all the time because of Michael Jordan. But you take him off the team, you still got Scottie Pippen, who was absolutely terrific in his own right, one of the uh, what, top fifty. Uh, NBA players in history, but it's still not the same team without Michael Jordan. That's what that reminds me
2: of. Tony Romo's Michael Jordan, but go ahead, Trent.
4: No, I don't think I, 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 I look at it from this viewpoint. Um, this is the reason why I give DeMarco Murray the, the MVP, uh, why I like him uh, as more of a candidate over Tony Romo. Um, Tony Romo was good last year to me, and he was definitely the reason why Dallas was staying in games, but he had no help. Defense gave up points. They didn't have a run game. Every single game was on his shoulders. Uh, T, I do agree with you that he is definitely able to play better this season, but he is able to play better because they do have a run game, so it takes pressure off him. And he still has his same abilities to win games the way he did last season. He can take you down for game-winning drives, and I definitely get that. But I just feel the difference maker – the difference in the team is their ability to run the ball, and it takes that much more pressure off of Romo to uh, to perform and to you know win games. So I I, okay. I definitely give it to the Marco so, Murray. Let
1: me re- let me respond this way. So against the Giants, we're in the fourth quarter. Eli Manning comes down and makes it 28-24. Where's the Marco Murray now? Three minutes to go, two timeouts. Division game on the road. Where's DeMarco Murray?
4: T, like I said, Tony Romo, and, and that's exactly what I would expect from Tony Romo. That's what he did last season when he had the opportunities to do it. But this season, there's less pressure off him to be put in those positions as many times as he was last year, and that pressure is taken off of him because of the performance of the run game, because of the performance of DeMarco Murray. So well, I'm not, not, not sure anything that
1: Romo him, is doing. He is having a much better season of it. Because of the improved offensive line which has helped both DeMarco yes? Murray and Tony Romo.
4: Well then let's send that's okay. an okay. offensive line to hold on. DeMarco
2: Murray winning M V P is also representative though of a offensive line. it. It's like when the running back wins, it also, you know, it. You know, it, it I, I. It's not just the running back who wins. It also reflects the offensive line's well play or a good play.
1: I just where where I'm, where I'm stunned is that you guys ignored the Arizona game where there was no where there was a murder because and it's known. a one-game sample size with.
2: Brandon Wheaton against the number one uh, NFL lead, lead, rush leading defense, the best run defense in the NFL. So it's
4: like I don't, I don't, and, I don't and, ignore and, the and, Arizona and, game, T. Um, but I definitely do feel like there's just a huge drop off between Romo and Wheaton, and I think a Cal Orton would have had y'all at nine and, and two right now. And Tony Romo wouldn't even have to have taken that flight to London. Yes!
3: Kyle Kyle Kyle, Kyle, Orton couldn't win
1: against Philly the last game of last year. So don't tell me that Kyle Orton would have us at 9-2. I'm sorry. I'm not buying that. We paid Kyle Kyle
3: Orton $3 million
1: (laughs) to come in and back up Tony Romo in case he goes down. Tony Romo goes down. We need you to win one game and you lose it. So I don't Want
4: to
3: well, on that too. But to in, in his offense, which you have
4: when you have a run game, I like I said, I think would have done a much better job than Wheaton against Arizona.
1: Jay, you wanted to jump in here. That's
4: The way I feel. My my, my only
0: thing is, and it, it's probably hard to quantify, but you think about last year. No running game, but you had Tony Romo, 8-8. Eight eight. What if you had no Tony Romo in a
4: running game? Would you still be 8-8? Eight eight, would you be better? Or would you be worse? That's very difficult. Like you said, before you even asked that, it's difficult to quantify. No, there's there's no, even no way to extrapolate or interpolate that.
2: Yeah. I do remember i was seen frequently though last year that if only the Cowboys get the ball to DeMarco Murray more, it would help their chances of winning those games. DeMarco Murray wasn't a slouch last season. He had like 1,200 yards rushing in 12 games or 14,
1: I gotta look at it. Well, yeah, but when you're coming, when you're playing from behind as often as Dallas played from behind because the defense was horrible, then, you, then yeah, it's hard to get. And them, they feature you know, the, the pass too
0: much, too much last season. But, but this, the reason no, why the, de- the reason why I made that comparison was simply because you have an improvement on the defense because you do have an improvement in the offensive line and it does give you an improvement in efficiency on offense. So with that being said. And and, and I do agree with you. You can't take away what Tony Romo has done this year. And, no, you can't take away what DeMarco Murray has done this year. That's why I say both can be up for discussion because of the way the defense has played, because of the way the offensive line has played. And, yes, I I agree with you. It has benefited both of them. So for that reason alone, both are included in the conversation. It It goes back to the days of the 49ers when they had Montana and Rice. Who's up for MVP? Are you gonna remove I, one and not the other? No, you would have both in place. No I, difference. I just in remind not- you
2: guys. I, I just remind you guys, DeMarco Murray I broke O.J. Simpson's consecutive 100-yard game rushing mark this season. That's all I'm saying. He's been dominant. Dominant. Jim
1: Jim Jim Brown's record, but anyway, um, I I don't whatever have, I don't. I don't dispute that DeMarco Murray hasn't been dominant. But the oil that runs and train one time said to me, T, why would you argue with me? You know I know the I know the Bears and yet you're telling me something different and you know, and I now I'm saying to you guys I live Cowboys. I'm telling you that team without Romo is not the same team. And it's not just of not. what he does on the field. It's not just what he, it's his leadership. It's his leadership. It's that he's been through so much and he's seen so much. You know, yes, Murray's, you know, running for over 100 yards a game. But Romo's handed him the ball. Romo gets to the line and makes the adjustments. Romo decides whether do I still hand it off to Murray now based on what I'm seeing or do I kill, kill, kill the play and switch to something else because I don't like what I'm seeing here. That's Romo. Romo's making it. So even though Murray is choosing the lanes and and and, and getting it done, and I'm not taking away, that's my boy, I'm not taking away from Murray. I'm saying that the oil that makes this engine run is Tony Romo. And if Romo goes down, Dallas is done. It's as simple as that. They're done. If Murray goes down, I don't think Dallas is done. We've seen Joe Randall do some things. We've seen Lance Dunbar do some things, Right? But when Romo went down, we saw Brand Whedon look like crap. But we saw uh, Randall look pretty good. We saw Dunbar look pretty good. So all of a sudden you start to think, hmm, maybe these guys could still have a decent run game without Murray. Maybe not as dominant. Murray's pretty physical. But these guys are different types of runners. But when Romo went down, we saw Whedon go in there. It was, it was pathetic. It was terrible. It's all about Romo the offensive
0: of mine, period. I just I, told I think if
1: guys Romo's name lost. Name uh, what,
4: you say? what you say? No, I was just saying to if if you guys lost uh, the Marco Mary, I think you would have the Dallas of last year, where now the pressure is back on Romo's shoulders. Not necessarily performance, not necessarily the eight and eighteen, but just the fact that all the pressure is now on Romo. And
2: I Agreed, and the uh, Cowboys defense is still bad, by the way. The reason why they've been able to mask it is because they've given DeMarco Murray so many damn carries that there are questions as to if he can handle the workload because he's about to uh, you know close what, what to 400 carries. The defense carries is still
3: ready. bad. What are you talking about? The defense
0: it's bad. So bad. It's
2: defen- Listen, DeMarco it's not Murray not and bad. the commitment to the run game, yes it is, DeMarco Murray and the commitment to that run game is, is hiding the war of the Cowboys defense. And the reason why... Uh, the, the the Cowboys are committing to the run so much this year it isn't just because off the line is great, it's because they're trying to control the game via the other ground to probably get their defense a better position to make those plays. Um, because, again, it, it's not very
0: good. Is it, but isn't that what you're supposed to do?
2: I mean, isn't, uh, well, isn't other that teams can do it. Your, and uh, other teams aren't averaging, defense, uh, 130, the defense, 130 and yards so a the game offense, from their out. running back. So,
0: so would you want to take pressure off of your defense by having a good ground game? That's yeah, but no, no, that no other, other
2: teams aren't necessarily capable of doing it at this but uh Murphy's doing
1: Yeah, but that's the blueprint though. You're 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 saying that the defense is bad. I don't get where you're saying the defense last year's defence was bad. I ain't got no problems with that. This year's defense is not bad. It's not great. It's not a great defense. I know stretching It's not a bad defense though.
0: They they the they're, they're, they're an average defense. I'd i agree yeah, with that. Like, Last year they were well below everything. Oh,
1: last average year? Defense. No, no. Last year they were terrible. Right. Charles Barkley, <laughs> terrible. Yeah,
3: they were terrible. Terrible. That team was horrible. They were terrible. <laughs> All right,
1: let's move on. I think I think I, I think I think I made my point. And and if the Cowboys win Thursday and go to nine and three, and the the Packers lose to the Patriots. Watch the talk about Tony Romo and the MVP status climb.
3: Well, my words
1: doing a mm. Yeah. So, 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 so is doing nothing over there. It's all Le'Veon Bell.
2: Uh, no, they've been had two straight uh, touchdown games. It's been
1: uh, uh, joint effort. Uh, Romo just had a four touchdown game. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. All right. Moving on. Hey, um, Star. Bona fide or bona front, You're up.
2: All right, let's do it. Um, this week, uh, you know, we already touched on the playoff season and we reformatted. We had a couple bona fides, a couple bona fronts on that. But we're gonna get right to the AFC North. We haven't talked about the Steelers, but that was a nice little segue. The AFC North is the best division in the NFL. That is absolutely bona fide. Every single team. I look at these standings and it's like, really. <laughs> I, 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 look at, I look at these standings, and it's just it hurts my eyes, and it hurts my eyes because unfortunately my team has to play in this the, in this division. Um, that again, three teams. I'm sorry, four, all four teams are seven and four are better. It is absurd, and you know you look around the other other divisions, and just it makes you upset, makes you angry, makes you say things like you know that apologies reformat its playoff seedings because it's just very upsetting. But you look at Cleveland. Um, they've got some very impressive wins this season. They just get back Josh Gordon. Uh, you know, Cincinnati has won the division the past couple of years. Um, and you see A.J. Green coming on. You see them starting to play better. Giovanni Bernard back in the lineup. And you look at the Ravens, what they did last night to the Saints, um, and doing it more so with their offense and a combination of their defense as well. It's like, man, this, this division's the best. It really is.
1: Dr. Train, do Dr. you Train. bonafide or bonafron? Yeah.
4: Yeah, the defined best for me.
2: Uh it's the toughest. Every single division game he plays against a very good
4: team. Toughest. Okay. Uh I would uh I would give that bona fide as being toughest. Uh, oh wait a minute.
1: Hold on, train. Hold on. I and I appreciate mm-hmm. your question hold on. hold on. Okay stuff. Yeah. Best doesn't mean toughest. So are you replacing best? And saying this is the toughest division and deleting best because best doesn't mean tougher. So let's be clear what you're asking us here. Are you deleting best and changing it to AFC North is the toughest division in the NFL? Yes. Sorry about
3: that. Yes. Okay.
4: Okay. Yeah, that's that's why I had to have them define define best because <laughs> best is a whole another whole another. That's
1: uh, a whole other conversation.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: it is. Uh, as far as toughest division, yeah, there's not a team in this division I would want to see in the dark alley. I'm sorry, those teams play 60 minutes and they play really hard. And um, I mean, they're not necessarily they didn't even have a chance to beat up on each other yet. They're just beating up on everybody else. <laughs> they're about to start beating on these beating up on each other here and over these next weeks, but they're just beating up on everybody else. So yeah, they're will be so one tough. So you're Bonafide. saying
1: bona fide, toughest division?
4: Yeah, yeah bona fide. Right, i'm right, I'm going
1: gonna to take this point. one next because, I, you know, especially since K-Star just gave me a hard time about Tony Romo. Um, bona front. Um, my, my opinion, NFC West, toughest division in NFL right now. You've got three teams above 500. One of them's at 9-2. and two. And then you got the Rams at
3: four and seven
1: that could beat anybody. Beat the Broncos. Beat the Seahawks. So, I mean, you know, you don't have a team in your division, case star that has beat both the Broncos and the Seahawks, and I believe those were the Super Bowl con- uh, um, combatants from last year, and the Rams beat them both. So for my money, NFC West, toughest division in football right now.
3: Uh, and I got to
0: concur, and it's not because we're related but or sitting across from one another, but I was thinking the exact same thing when this question was posed for the exact same reason the Rams were, they, they literally could be not just 4-7 but maybe 6-5 or 7-4 in the own right because of some of the close games that they have lost. They lost to the Cowboys by three points when they had them down with 21 nothing or something like that. You could chalk that up as a win for, for them if they were able to hold on. There's a couple other games that I can't recall but they were up and just couldn't close that out. So You've got Seattle, you've got San Francisco, you've got Arizona. Three of the top teams are not in the NFC but in the NFL period. And then you got the Rams, who are no spots either. So yeah, I'd have to uh, agree with that as NFC West being the the, uh, the toughest division out there.
2: So you know what's really tough? You know what's really tough and, and annoying to deal with? The fact that these the other three teams in AFC North, yeah, they actually hang on and win these games. You know they don't get you these moral victories that St. Louis is getting you guys that um, you guys are tabulating over there. Oh no. Uh, even, uh, even though Cleveland was like they're about to choke the game away to Atlanta, they still found a way to win the game the last second. It was absolutely aggravating. And even when you watch Andy Dalton try to get the game away to pick six, they still managed to find a way to win in the fourth quarter. And that's the difference between the NC North and the NC West this year. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Every single game is rough in there. But the Rams aren't finishing a lot of these games. They should have beaten uh, uh, one at San Diego, but they didn't close the deal. They threw a late pick. And it's just examples like that where you again in NFC North. Unfortunately, we're just body blowing, going yeah, through body except, blows, and people are just holding on to wins.
1: Except right now, if I'm reading these correctly, and I'm, I'm I may not be. that the season ended now, only the Bengals make the playoffs.
2: No, you're not reading
0: that right. Uh, it's been, it's been no, that's correct. I saw that last night too. Oh yeah, no. The charter. And, yeah. and 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 but to, to add to that, I, I think we, that. we all can agree that the toughest, the, the tougher conference of the two would be the NFC. And I'm looking at the the, the conference record. And I see yeah. Arizona seven and one, Seattle five and two, San Francisco six and three, New England five.
3: And I go, well,
0: I, I, I don't know. I I kind of think it is. Top to bottom, I kind of think it is. You look at Cincinnati. You guys have three, a whole bottom, that's that's the problem. Problem. You guys have that whole the bottom. Which has has been first, been first, in Cleveland, four and four. So even within your own conference, you see that the NFC, whereas within your own conference, they're stronger.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one because it, that's where I think parity comes in. It's really hard this year to really determine which conference is better. I, I don't have an opinion on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain from that one. I'd have to really do a lot of research because, you know, I, I mean, you know, when I look at the Patriots, they're just so dominant. But then when I look over at the Packers, now I'm not really gonna count card the Cardinals yet because they kind of flip a little bit. But the Packers are showing the same type of dominance that the Patriots are showing. So then when you if you take those two teams out and say those are the two most dominant teams in the NFL right now. And you look at everybody you've got left, I mean, it, It's pretty close. I mean, I mean
0: it's the two worst teams out there are both in the AFC. Record wise, so record wise, and that's why I say from top to bottom. Oh no. yeah, that's the why. I
1: say to you guys have the
3: whole NFC South.
2: You have that division. You gotta own it. You guys wear it. That's a good point.
1: NFC South's a good point. You got you got a whole division. Everyone's three games under five hundred. So that's why i say man it, I, it's hard to determine but i still stick by the original point of i would go to the nfc west simply because i'm not talking more about all victories case i'm talking about true blue is there another team that has beat both the broncos and the seahawks this year in the nfl no but, but not everyone has played them so it's like of
2: course you can't prove that okay, wrong well, because, i mean you
1: know? okay but it, I mean, it's a fact though a fact. you know you just beat two super bowl combatants from last year and you're in the division with Seattle, Seattle Super, you know, Super Bowl, Bowl champion. San Francisco, the team that's been in the last, what, two what? NFC championships. And now Arizona, a team that was 10-6 last year, missed the playoffs. And Now 9-2 this year. Looks like they're heading back or heading to the playoffs. So that, that's, you know, and, and honestly, Rams, you know, we played them earlier in the year. And thank God Tony Romo I was able to come back and, and win that game. I don't know that I'd want to play them now.
3: Just
1: saying.
2: Tony Romo. Anyway. Point well taken. I think it's a good argument. Tony Robo.
0: Anyway.
1: Um, um, all right. So um,
0: got one more, don't we? For uh, Bonafide, Bonafide. Oh yeah, we, we, do. Do. we do. We do. We do. We uh, do.
2: One more. Speaking yeah. of NFC West.
0: <clears throat> speaking of
2: NFC West, I have a proclamation, and it's absolutely a bona fide one. if um, I sit here today, and I'm about to read the statement off to you.
1: The Cardinals.
2: They're going to lose NFC West. The Cardinals ultimately will lose the NFC West, ladies and gentlemen, and it's it's tough to figure when you when you hear it on the surface because it's like, well, how does a nine and two team not get it done? How do they not close the division and have a two game
4: advantage?
3: But let
2: me tell you, let me tell you how they're going to lose it. They have a gimme game at Atlanta, which we assume is a gimme game, but who knows? They have to play uh, Kansas City. At St. Louis, who we just discussed, who was uh, mighty tough at home, he's still has to play at Seattle yet again, and he still has to travel at San Francisco. And this is with Drew Stanton, who was actually 3 and 2 as a starter. So you can take that 9 and 2 record. Just know that all those losses came from um, Drew Stanton at that quarterback spot.
4: Wow.
1: You know, well trained. With your wild comment, what do you think?
4: Dude, you have to be sitting right next to God. Like, seriously.
3: <laughs>
4: you must be. Come on, man. Just, just tell him I said what's up. Make a place for me in heaven. Because clearly, <laughs> that is such bonafront garbage that you spewing right now. One, you can't predict what this team would do. Secondly, I saw some clips of that game against Seattle. Let's first note that Fitzgerald was out, so now your talent base on your wide receiver is 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 down now. You know, so now you got Sherman versus Floyd, and then you got the other guy on on Jay Brown. Definitely make it tough. It's already tough that you playing with a backup quarterback, but I saw that defense; they were still all over Russell Wilson for at least if uh, at least half that game. They just couldn't put up points. But that defense has not stopped playing. I don't think you can count say, a team like that is is gonna still going to lose their division. Because the next time they play Seattle, they'll be at home. They play the Chiefs, they'll be at home. Atlanta doesn't have any defense right now. So, yeah, I believe Arizona is definitely capable of beating them. The Rams would, would probably be a tough one. Niners at home would probably would definitely be a tough one. But to say that they're going to lose the division, yeah, dude, that's the front. It's just too much too much too too much football left for that.
1: J B, do you think the Cardinals will lose their division? Dr. Train says ball, front. ball
0: front. You know, I'm I'm looking at the schedule and, and I'll just read it off to everybody and everybody. maybe those that have one opinion may change in mind, but I'm looking at they're at Atlanta, they're home against K C they're on the road against the Rams, they're at home against Seattle and then or at home uh, versus Seattle, and then on the road as San Francisco, I if they got a two-game lead, five games to go. It would be pretty hard to salt this one away. But the one thing that makes me think that there is a possibility they don't have a Palmer. They're playing a the backup, and as we had talked about, I think last week or maybe the week before, are backups for a reason. And if there's going to be any loss of the title. For the Cardinals, that would be the reason. I gotta respond right now.
1: Train. But I don't get 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 the uh, football. no I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. I'm just very eager, but yeah, go ahead. Right. Okay, you can respond. Um I I'm I'm actually K Star, are you sitting down? I am. Okay. I'm gonna agree with K Star. Um I I think as good as their defense is, the fact that they have a backup quarterback, um, I don't think they're going to win their division. And a matter of fact, I'm going to go one step further, and then I'll let K-Fire just train directly. I'm going to go one step further. I think we're looking at not only will they not win their division, um, but I think when you look at who's going to be number one and two seeds in the NFC, I think the Packers are going to be there, and I think the winner of the NFC East. If the Cowboys can get it together, then it'll be them. If the Eagles can get it together, it'll be them. I think you're looking at the Packers and either the Cowboys or the Eagles as the one and two seeds in the uh, NFC. And uh, I think the whoever wins that division will be the three seed. And I think the Cardinals will get in as a wild card. That's my prediction with five games to go. Okay, K-Star.
2: Alright, well you know what first of all, uh T, I'm glad you joined me up in the pearly gates in heaven. I'm glad that, Well, I had, uh, I, 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 I hey, hey
1: The reason I had to come up to heaven, not really to hang out with you, I had to go see my dad, so you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
1: that's what that's all about. But anyway, you better <laughs> it. and that's and,
2: that, and that's fair, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um listen you don't have to be God. You have to be a godsend. Although I am close. To realize that the Cardinals are not the same team without Carson Palmer. I'm going to read this to you again. Three and two with Drew Stanton. Six and zero with Carson Palmer. All right. So let's not act like this nine and two team is a, is a nine and two team with Drew Stanton at quarterback. That already is not something
4: that is true. Uh, they, <laughs> You so if we extrapolate, hold on, wait wait, 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 I'm not done, I'm not
2: done. I'm interpolate
4: done. three and two. If we push that forward and just and just push that over the next five games, that means they finish twelve and four. <laughs> yeah, just playing with the numbers. Cause you wishing on a star. I'm just looking, I'm just taking I'm just taking I'm, the looking. Just with the I'm
2: looking at a team that's thirty. Hold on, wait. I'm looking at a team that's a thirty-first ranked rushing offense. And I'm looking at a team that is about to play some really good run defenses, and I'm looking at a team that relies heavily on their quarterback play to push the ball down the field. And you're right, Fitzgerald is hurt. But I don't see how that makes your argument. Fitzgerald hasn't missed a game in six years. I'm pretty sure. I, it I think you're making an argument for me. If you let me finish. You're making an argument for me here because clearly Fitzgerald isn't right. He's not going to be fully healthy. He hasn't missed a game in six years. And now he finally missed a game at Seattle, knowing the importance of that. So, when you do get Fitzgerald back, it's like you can get 100% Larry Fitzgerald. And, again, Drew Stanton at the helm is exactly Carson Palmer. Well, so when you want to play, it's not, necessarily, it's not
0: really hard. Let me also interject on top of what K-Star is saying. It's not just Fitzgerald, but the, going back to what you said, K-Star, the Russian, I think you said 31st. Ellington, there's nothing yeah. wrong with him there. I'm looking at his stats over the last five games, or at least uh, during the season. We're talking about 3.5 yards per carry, two yards per carry, 3.4 yards per carry. Plus, oh, yeah. he's behind Michael Bush as as a
3: backup. So that should yeah. tell you something right there.
1: You know, they have five games to go. Three are on the road. Atlanta. Which is not Atlanta from the past But still tough to beat at home So we'll see And they have something to play for Kansas City in Kansas City And Kansas City beat Seattle in Kansas City Then they go to I'm sorry Kansas City is in Arizona I I stand corrected Um, And then they go to St. Louis We know what St. Louis is capable of Then they have Seattle at home And they have San Francisco on the road I mean there's no gimmies in here. Not that there's gimmies in the NFL, but you know, there's no Jacksonville's. There's no, you know, every team they're playing is playing hard, playing well, and has something to play for. Other than the Rams, and the Rams are going to play hard because Jeff Fisher, that's what he demands. So it is at St. Louis, and it's right. You know, so I, and I and I really think for me, it comes down really to one thing. I've told you guys this over and over and over again. When I look at a team, the two things I look at is the quarterback and the head coach. Now, we can agree that Bruce Arians is the real deal. I got no issue with that. Man. Drew Stanton Stanton ain't Carson Palmer, though. I mean, he's just not. And I think that's what we're going to see down the stretch. And I've I've said this previously. So, K-Star is just coming around to what I had already said, which I don't really believe in Arizona just yet. I do believe in their defense. You know their defense did give Russell Wilson fits. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I do believe in their defense. I don't believe in their offense right now. That's just my opinion. That's why. I, that's why I, I. I think it's three to one. But you know, Train, you, you've proven to be smarter than us before.
3: So, you may know something we don't know.
1: All right. Good stuff. Moving on. Um, um, I will give Pixar and train, train Some time to think About a sound off Or a rant or a philosophy I'm going to go ahead and do mine and If you guys want to take over afterwards with something Feel free So I had an um, interesting conversation On Facebook with Randy Garcia Randy Garcia is a friend of the show Randy Garcia um, Is uh, Aaron Hernandez The the embattled Aaron Hernandez Former New England Patriots Sitting on uh in jail for uh, multiple murders, and uh, Randy has come on and shared some stuff with us. And uh, Randy, uh, Aaron is a resident of Bristol, and and Randy was a resident of Bristol. Randy said he was actually going to call-in tonight, but I guess he didn't. But we had a discussion not about Aaron Hernandez, but about trash talk. And I was trying to explain to Randy the difference between trash talk and haterade. Now, and I'm very interested in opinions on this, I think I talk I, – I, I'm very adept at trash-talking, but you have to know when to trash-talk. It just started because after Dallas won the game against the Giants, I went on Facebook, and the first thing I said was, good game, Giants. I mean, way to fight for your coach. I wouldn't blow it up. I think you guys have too much talent um, to, to start over again, bring everybody back, get healthy. You know, plug some holes, and you guys will be relevant next year. And I put something like that on Facebook. I then put in a separate post, uh, someone that that I know and, and, you know, means a a lot to me um, bought me a, a, a shirt that I wear, and it's my lucky football shirt. And my shirt is five and one this year. I don't wear it on every game, but I wore it six times, five and one. Um, the one loss was the Arizona game because I, th- I figured we needed as much luck as we could without Romo, and it wasn't enough. Anyway, so I put Post up there, hey, my shirt is 5-1, and one, blah, blah, blah. And Randy Post, well, it's going to be 5-2 and two on Thursday. Now, this is within an hour after the game. And I said, stop with the Hater raid. He said, well, I'm just saying. I'm like, well, when your team, who is the Raiders, does something relevant, come talk to me. So we went back and forth, and I said, dude, Haterade is when you always have something bad to say about a team. Trash talk is when the team does something justified and you dog them for it. Like a team going 1-10, I'm talking about your team because your team is horrible. How can you sit there and talk about an 8-3 thing that just won a game and now you're just saying, well, they're going to lose Thursday? Well, that's haterade. We just won a very important division road game, and now you're talking about the next game. And he disagreed. He said, no, I'm just talking trash. I'm like, well, I don't want your trash talk on my Facebook page. I want to talk with intelligent NFL pro uh, NFL fans that want to talk football. And when we talk football, we talk intelligently. Now, you want to get in a little trash talk, like if I'm talking against an Eagles fan and they want to talk, well, we're going to get you guys on Thursday. Okay, that's fine. But when your team ain't doing anything and you're just projecting because you don't like the team, and that's really what it is. He just doesn't like the Cowboys. Well, that's haterade. That's not trash talk. I don't want to hear it because when when you deal with haterade, you can't win. Because then he'll say, Well, you're going to lose against the Eagles, and then we beat the Eagles. He said, Well, when you get to the playoffs, you're one and done. Then we get to the playoffs and we get to the division game. Well, you're going to lose that. Well, you know, we get to the the, the 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 championship game. Well, you're going to lose that. Well, well, you're definitely going to lose the Super Bowl. Then the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. And it's like, well, you, I mean, about time you win a Super Bowl because you have won one in 20 years. There's no winning. Because the haterade just always takes it to the next thing that you didn't do. I don't have time to talk haterade with ignorant fans. I will talk football with a little friendly trash talk thrown in. You know, Dr. Train and I have a game next week. The Bears win this week and the Cowboys win this week. Maybe Dr. Train and I will get into a little friendly banter, a little trash talk. Bears got three in a row. Cowboys got two in a row. You know, nine and three six and six. Bears still got a chance. Bears are at home. Bears need this game. Cowboys coming. Boom, boom, boom. We might get a little friendly dancer. We might even talk a little sash. That's okay. Because the Bears have won three in a row at that point. And so you've got something to talk about. But I know that if the Bears were at three and eight right now, and it went to three and nine, and the Cowboys were coming, Dr. Shane wouldn't have nothing to say. Except, well, please take it easy on us, T. (laughs) Please don't beat us up too bad. I know him. He wouldn't have anything to say to justify those comments. So my point is, and, of course, Dr. Trank can correct me if I'm wrong. My point is, NFL fans out there, haterade, there's no room for haterade. Okay? Even K-Star has gotten a little bit better. K-Star was the biggest haterade person I knew. But in time, we have gotten him away from the haterade, even to the point now where he's arguing with me about DeMarco Murray being an MVP. Who would have sunk it? Who would have thought that one of DeMarco Murray's proponents for MVP would be K-Star because he understands to leave K- Haterade behind. Trash talk, when there's a reason, is fine. Haterade, leave it alone. I don't have time for it. And the last thing I'm going to say, the last thing I'm going to say is, you know, the juvenile post about the cowgirls and the dead skin, now, it's just it's just dumb. Let's elevate our football discussion beyond that rhetoric. And let's talk X's and O's, matchups. And, hey, if you want to talk a little bit, hey, my quarterback's better than you, you know, like, right? hey, I, I had a couple conversations with people talking about Odell Beckham, right? Odell Beckham had the greatest catch of the year, maybe. But you know what? Bryant had the last say. Des Bryant, one, had the game-winning touchdown. Maybe it wasn't a spectacular but that's what won the game. So I went back and forth with some Giant fans about that. And you know what? They couldn't say anything because Cowboys won the game. So understand the difference between Hater and Trash Talk. And can we please stay away from the Hater It's just stupid. It's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. That's all I got to say. You guys have any comments?
2: I concur. It's not. I mean, I go, through, I go through the same thing often as Steelers fan. Cowboys and Steelers. We're not uh, that's from true. other fan bases that aren't well received. That's true.
1: That's true. That's We're very not. true. Yeah, so, that, you know I, that's I, very I, true. You're right about that. You're right about that. So I, I yeah, I, I didn't consider that you would understand because the Steelers. Yeah, you would. You would get it too. So yeah, that would make sense. You, with, you with me? Are we all on the same page?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, T. And and everything you said me said about me is right. <laughs>
1: I know this. I know how you are. I know you're you're a very reasonable football fan. If your team ain't doing anything to talk about, you're gonna sit there and be the matter of fact, you'll be the first one to talk about your own team if they ain't doing anything to talk about. But if your team is giving you something to talk about, then hey we may go we, we gonna have a little friendly um Sean Phillips released by Titans. Icon Bush signed by the Cardinals. Wow. Maybe Ellington isn't doing all that well. Breaking news. Uh Michael Bush, signed by the Cardinals. Mm, okay. Um, anyway I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm um, Yes, I do know you, Dr. Train, and I know that yeah, I know how you operate and, and you're a very reasonable, fair minded football fan, so upset.
0: All right. I also agree too in the words of the illustrious rock. Your role. No, way.
1: your mouth, shut it. Shut it. Um, all right. Did either of you guys come up with a rant?
2: Yeah, I got I got a quick one. Um,
3: right.
2: Let's train. You want to go ahead? go ahead? No, go ahead. So, Josh Gordon is awesome. It's not a rant about Josh Gordon being awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's actually about when a team tries its best and to to the point of detriment where they feature a player. And it almost cost them an the, the game. So when you look at what happened to the Browns, um, they won. And you know, you hear about Josh Gordon's great game in which he played a very good one. One one thing that uh is kind of lost in it is the fact that the guy had seventeen targets, which is absurd. Two of them went for picks. I don't know if you guys saw it, but one was a red zone interception in which Hoyer basically threw it up, uh helplessly to give Gordon the chance to make a play, and Gordon kind of lazily um, failed to attack the ball and got picked off and back in the end zone. The other was with was, was about three minutes left. Uh, Brian Hoyer just literally had eyes for Josh Gordon and overthrew a pass and, uh, off a miscommunicated route, and it was intercepted and almost cost him the game. I think there is an issue when teams feature and highlight one player far too often above another in the passing game because you become predictable. As great as that player is, there's still, uh, guess what, the defenses aren't dumb enough to not catch on to the fact that, hey, this guy's going to get the ball all game. So they're going to roll coverages over. And additionally, uh, your quarterback is basically in a one-read mentality where he's pretty much always going to throw the ball to the guy. Uh, He can count on that. And it's to the point where it's going to cost your team. And it should have been there with the Browns, and it didn't, but they got lucky. And I see it far too often.
0: Okay.
3: first, mm-hmm. and, and
0: I can agree with that. Uh, okay, so, but the one thing I will say is that in regards to the Browns what do you expect? I mean Josh Gordon has special upgrades to the town to add a wide receiver. I'm not surprised that. That Hoyer trying to force feed him the ball each and every single time. That's no different than what we've seen in the past with Stafford going to Calvin Johnson. I mean, he tried to give him the ball at every single possible possession he could think of. So there's no, there's no exception. You see Hoyer trying to get the ball to Jack Story at often can, Yes, it, it shouldn't happen as often. You're trying to try and find the person that, that's open. You give him the ball, but in, in that particular case, that's a huge upgrade.
4: So yeah. I'm not surprised by it, but I do I understand what you're
2: coming from. Be yeah. hmm. best okay. man. I mean I don't blame him. I'm just saying the guys they were you know six and two or uh, six and three going into the game or I'm sorry seven mm. six and four and they won the game anyway uh, in spite of it. But, you know, they, they they had a good thing. They had a good uh, chemistry with Hawkins and Gabriel. They were making plays. They were featuring multiple running backs. I mean, Josh Gordon makes them better. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that, saying that because Brian Hoyer literally just had eyes for Josh Gordon, it almost cost him on those two critical bits. But.
1: but, you know, one thing that surprises me, k are you being a Madden guru, you being a Madden aficionado, you being the Madden Dom Dada up in here, what is the number one philosophy in Madden?
2: I mean, you feed your, your best player. You highlight him. You, right. them. you, you, you team around
1: Right. If you can't stop me, I'm going to run it over and over on you. Right, K-Star? Yeah. Is, good, is sir. that not what you do? Right? If yeah. you can't stop this play, I'm going to run it down your throat until you stop me. Right. People call that cheese and all these other names. I don't care. Stop it then, <laughs> right? And so in the NFL, right? I mean, let's look at the Dallas Giant game. First half, Cowboys had nothing for Odell Beckham. Let's just call it like it's I is. Odell Beckham in the, first, in the first half was a man. The Cowboys had nothing to stop it in the first half. And so what did Eli do? Well, I'm going to keep throwing it to him. And Odell Beckham made play after play. I think he was targeted eight times in the first half and caught seven. Insane. Yeah, Dallas came out. He was terrific. He was. I, I can't. I, he was. Now in the second half, Dallas made some adjustments. He only caught three in the second half. You know, so it was it was a different. It was you know they adjusted, but then they had to start going to you know their tight end and the other wide receiver and you know they had to they to spread it around. But hey, I don't have a problem if you can't stop me. I'm giving you the ball. I'm gonna give you the ball. Right, that's the bottom line. I'm, you're
4: going to get the ball till you stop. So I ain't got no problem with that, just to honest with you. Train, you got a, you have a, a rant? Yes, actually, man, it took me forever to come up with this, man. But it, it's just something real short, something that I noticed. But, you know, mind just simply, in a day and age where this is a passing league, I just still love the fact that defenses and running games are still so relevant and still so important to a team's success because you cannot come in a game and sling it. You can't You can't come in 16 games and sling it all over the field. You can't. You can't. Teams are not allowing that. And you have to be able to run the ball. And the fact that defenses are still able to answer some of these quarterbacks no matter how good of a game they had previous week, that yeah, they might have threw for five, they might have thrown for six, but then they run up to that team and it's like no, we're not even going to let you throw for one. So yeah, just just loving just just still appreciating the game as it's steadily evolving. That you know, even in this quote unquote passing era or passing lead as they so put it, defenses and running games are still, still very, very important. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: I will I will tease the fans and say that next week um we're gonna see how Calvin Johnson does this week. And if he has another pedestrian performance, then we're going to take on who's the best wide receiver in NFL next week. Because I am now seeing Calvin falling off that pedestal. Maybe he's still injured. I don't know what it is, but he's not the Calvin we, we've we always known. And, um, you know, you don't get the title of being the best without defending the title. And I'm going to give him Thursday, and let's see what these Lions do against. Now, what team are they playing on Thursday? I, I, I'm drawing a blank. They're playing um, oh man, what's the team? What's the Train. Do you know who the Lions are playing on Thursday?
2: The
3: Bears. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> lots lots they're playing <laughs>
1: and, and and it would be a, and it would be a, and this would be an apropos time to play. We just uh, we, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What
4: we, we, they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit, bullshit. We played them the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn
3: field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hey,
4: I know if we can get Caldwell to go off like that at the end of the game, we probably won. (laughs) But I doubt if that happens, even if they do lose, man. He's too too, cool, calm and collected. But, man. Hey, Am I looking forward hey, to Thanksgiving morning? I'm not moving.
1: Hey, I don't hey, you Remember the saying. commercial? There's the commercial they did with the parody, and they had Denny Green, and he walked off, and he goes, "Man, that guy's
3: pissed." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is hilarious, but um, yeah, and you know, um, and let's 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 just roll right in. Um, I'm just going to run with this train, so bear with me, but. Um, we're gonna run right in with the pick six and, and then our pick 's because you know, NFL fans out there listening to the Mad Boys, first of all, thank you, we appreciate the support. Um, the numbers have been looking really strong with the podcast and the live listeners and all that, so keep up the support as long as you support us. We're gonna be here doing what we do best, and uh, you know, I'm here, uh, uh you know, Bristol, Connecticut. JB, brother, right here next to me, enjoying hosting the show. You want to call in 347-838-9525, 9525. My Dukes just stuck her head in, I had to just wave and say hello. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful on Thanksgiving week to be able to host a show at my at my family's house instead of my own house, and have my brother and my mother, my kids are running around here. Jay's family's here. They running around upstairs, acting fools, with my kids all acting crazy up there. It's just lovely. It's just lovely. But anyway, I digress.
4: Um, hey, can we get a photo of that man? Have moms take a photo, man. Y'all, y'all hosting right there. I want to see that. I, I got a photo. I took one. I took one of me and Jack. Okay, okay. I took one.
1: I took one. All I, right, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pull. I had to crop it though because there's so much. There's so much crap. Now <laughs> <laughs> here, face You know what I mean? I gotta crop that crap out of the background, but um. Anyway, the lineup for the Thursdays games is unreal. All three games Man. are extremely relevant to the playoff race. Um, and we're going to get on that in a second. But, I mean, if, if, if let, me just, let me just take a second before we get to fix it. This football season has got to be one of the most exciting we've had in a long time. I mean, we're getting late into the season. There's so many teams still relevant. So many teams still have a chance. So many teams still playing for something. And we just happen to be very lucky this Thursday to have three games that are all highly relevant. Thank you, Chicago, for winning two games in a row and now making this game worth something because this was the only game I was worried about. And now Chicago actually stepped up and said, no, 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 no. We're not quite done just yet. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, Pick six from week 12. Dr. Train wins – the, the the big prize at, at the, the fair, fair <laughs> six and i am I'm gonna say that one more
3: time for the people in the seats. Seat. Six and all With, With six,
1: congratulations, Dr. Train. That you know that doesn't happen often,
4: but that's a great. Nah, that's guy. The, first the-, a- the first one of the. Oh my.
1: All right, that's all you getting. All right, um, <laughs> K Star close second at five and one, and then the brothers, the brothers Floyd, both at four and two. So we all had winning records. The Dr. Train six and zero, oh. marvelous, um, marvelous. So for the year, K Star is still leading the pack comfortably, forty eight and twenty three. Remember, we all had a tie, ladies and gentlemen. Got rid of that because we all had that tie. Um, but K Star forty eight and twenty three. He's got a four game lead over yours truly uh T at 44 and 27 so I've got some work to do. And then tied for last or third place is trained He's closed the gap cuz he was at the bottom and now he picked up some and uh and JB at 41 and 30. You know when the worst guy picking games is 41 and 30, you're doing pretty good. I mean, you're doing pretty good. We can we can go to Vegas and make a few dollars if we really wanted to. Um but that said, um, and we've got five weeks to go, so let's see how the pick six uh, works out over the next five weeks. Um, but
3: that said, we've got, we've got,
1: I mean, every one of these games is challenging. And we're going to start right off with the first game on Thursday. We've got the resurgent Chicago Bears, who after Dr. Train called them out, you know trustman was listening to the Madden voice. You know what I mean? And he heard the number one Bears fan and the co-host of the Madden Voice call out that team. And that team is now turning it around and playing competitive football. Two wins in a row. Five and six now. In the discussion for maybe a wild card now. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. It's, It's definitely, you know, it's doable. But it starts this Thursday with a game in Detroit against Kind of faltering lions. This was a team that, and I and I did not do the rankings yet, but I will do that after we do our pick six. This was a team that many thought was arguably second best team in the NFC. Now they're not even on the radar anymore. So could the Lions be right for the picking on Thursday? Doctor Train, it's your team, it's your game. Who you got and why? <laughs>
3: That's
4: a trick question. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, before before I answer this man, let me just say on on our weekly pickem pickem that we have online, man, I went fifteen and one. I freaking lost the first game on Thursday, the Raiders. Yeah, we, all won. Don't we all did. We won. all yeah. did. Yeah.
1: I had a but I won it. I had a fifteen in one week.
4: Did you? Oh, nice, actually, nice. That was my first, first fifteen in one week. week. Yeah, there we go. But you know, I, I definitely got my Bears. Um, uh, I, I've seen some definitely some chinks in um, the Lions' armor as of late, and I think Chicago can take advantage of them. My only concern is our slow starts. We have slow starts on offense, and and uh, that would hurt us if we, you know, against Detroit, in Detroit, to have a slow start and let and let their defense start teeing off. So they need to get in there with a the fast start. Their defense needs to continue to play this plan. And uh, I think we can definitely steal one in Detroit and make this uh relevant season. This is our playoffs right here because if we lose this game, there's no playoffs. Okay. Uh,
1: K-Star.
2: Yeah, Detroit wins. They're not losing three straight They're at home. They play well at home on uh, Thanksgiving. And I like how the yeah. playing at all. That's what
4: they said about the Saints last week, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I picked the Ravens, though. I picked the Ravens, though, so that doesn't bother to me. I'm just you know, saying. And, and, and,
3: and you know what's funny? Is
1: K-Star didn't even like pause, man. K-Star didn't even like let it marry. You know, Trey gave a great soliloquy, a great, you know, self-pitch. On the bear and Kickstarter and, and, and <laughs> so didn't even let it marinate. He just said, oh, yeah, I got the Lions, and uh, here's why. I mean, damn, man. You know, you did let the
2: boys' words sink in. Yeah, I, I've heard enough. I've seen enough.
4: All right. He's just mad because he just did. lost his fast-week oh, fantasy football to me. That's why.
3: I am <laughs> mad. Everybody I am mad about, about Jay Cutler. <laughs> I
2: am very upset about Jay Cutler. <laughs> Couldn't even get it done against the Bucs. Seven points. Jesus. Scott, can we get, please just move on to uh, JB
1: Mickey uh, Hey, I have, I'm the about. last one that wants to talk EAFL fantasy football. Okay, I'm horrible this year. i got nothing, so we can move right along. JB. Um, <laughs> that line.
3: You
0: know, I never thought the Saints would lose three in a row at home, and, and I just can't see Lightning striking twice with the Lions. So I'm going to actually take the Lions in this one. Although I will say it will be extremely close and extremely competitive, but the lions any squeaker.
1: So we've got two lions and one bears. Man, oh my. Oh my. Oh my.
3: <laughs> I'm
1: really torn on this one because um I don't believe in the Lions. I think my history with the Lions is well documented. I was the one that said Schwartz was horrible and uh he would be fired and he was. And uh Caldwell is a better coach on every level to me than 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 um Schwartz. Um so you've got Caldwell and Stafford against Trustman and Cutler. I'm like, I don't know where to go. You know, you've got Brandon Marshall and Jeffries, you've got Golden Tate and 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 Megatron, um, Reggie Bush is supposed to play. Uh, Matt Forte. I mean, um, it, this is a tough one because the Bears have won two in a row. The Lions have lost. Um, I think the I, I think I'm going to have to go with the Lions, but here's why. And this is not easy. I think the advantage of understanding a short week is going to benefit them. I think that's gonna be the difference. And having and having done this every year you know, Stafford having done this every year and understanding what this game is. We're the first game on Thursday, so this is this isn't new for us. We do this, we've done it. I don't know. He's been their quarterback four or five years, whatever. Um, so he, he knows what this is all about. Um, I think that's gonna be an advantage over Chicago coming in and rarely having to do this. Um and I think that's going to be the difference. And then home field advantage, maybe. Um, but I got to tell you, I'm not comfortable with this pick. i do not don't. I'm not case well, the Lions. I think the Bears are going to fight. I think, I think the Bears are going to fight. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears went in there and laid it on them because I don't believe in the Lions. The problem is I don't really believe in the Bears yet either. They got to do more for me to believe in them. I, I haven't gotten over those big losses they've had where they just didn't show up. And Cutler
4: still bugs me, so I got to. Yeah, go it bugs back. me too, man. So you're not alone.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I,
4: yep.
1: All of that is the Seattle Seahawks. All right, next game, second game on Thursday, Eagles eight and three, division leading, at the Cowboys eight and three, a tie for the division, but on the tiebreaker they're behind. They play each other two times in three weeks. Um, big, huge game. And, JB, in honor of you being home for the holiday and, in fact, being in the same room with me where I can look at you and go, what up, bruh? is this? I'm going to let you go. I usually take Cowboys first. I'm going to defer to you on this one. Cowboys and Eagles, who you got and why?
0: I-, I always have the Cowboys, and it's not just because I'm a homer in this case. It's more because... As I said before, the Cowboys have found a way to win. Be, albeit Cole James, albeit blowout, they find a way to win. And I think they still have a point to prove that they are the formidable team in the NFC East. I think, yes, they, they've drawn a lot of attention because nobody expected them to be 8-3 at this point. But I also feel that between Romo's play that we've already noted, Murray's play that we've already noted, the defense's play that we've already noted, combined with the fact that they're at home, combined with the fact that they also understand what it takes to play on Thanksgiving. And it's a hated rival. On top of all that, I give them the edge for victory in this one. All right. Uh,
1: Dr. Train, Cowboys hosting the
4: Eagles. Can you play that clip for me? You know what clip. Oh yeah, hold on man. Let me let me pull out my tablet over here 'cause
1: I'm I'm running on I'm running on I'm running on tablet right now, but hold on, I got it for you, bro.
3: Well all right. How about them cowboy That's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, I didn't I didn't let I me mean, hear that one more time.
3: How about them cowboys?
1: Right. Thanks, Jerry Jones. You said it for me. Jimmy <laughs> Johnson, but that's okay. Jimmy jo- oh, that was, All right. oh, my bad. That's Jimmy Johnson. That's Jerry Johnson. All right, so trains has got the
0: Cowboys. <laughs> so it, was Jimmy, it was Jerry Jones. Like, yes, I believe the Cowboys will win this game. <laughs> that's
3: actually
1: pretty good. That's actually pretty good. All right, here, here we go. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. That wasn't it. Hold on. All right. Where did he go? All right. Go ahead, K Star. I'm looking for something else to play. K Star, who you got? <sighs> um. Oh, here it is. K Star, this again. is
2: for you. No, no, no. Just, just hit the clip again. We want unleash hell
1: here. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> we are <won't> unleash hell. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hit the cowboy clip. Just do it. Just, just, just do it. It's just, it's just Dallas Cowboy Jinger.
3: Y'all, y'all just, y'all just, y'all
2: just. How about you, Cowboys? There it is. I like the Cowboys. There, there. Uh, and I don't feel oh, good about okay. it just because I knew I had to stomach that clip one more time, but, yeah.
1: You know, it, 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 here's my problem with this game. Um, Here's my problem with this game. This puts the Cowboys, if they win at 9-3, they haven't won nine games under Jason Garrett at all. Okay. Um, Jason Garrett came in in 2010 and they were one and seven under Wade Phillips. He, he was five and three that year. So they ended up six and 10 and then eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. And so now if they win, they're at nine and three and guarantee the winning record. So even if they lose out, they're nine and seven. Okay. Um, it just scares the hell out of me. um, so I think I'm going to go against the grain. And I'm going to go ahead and pick the Eagles in an upset.
3: How about you, Cowboy? I'm lying my butt. you I know why
5: y'all need to sit. I'll pick the Eagles up in their feet. You don't
3: know where you sit there. Come on I would have said, I know you're not
2: trained over there.
3: Man, that's, not
2: well, that's the talk of
3: live Asians right there. <laughs> hey, Man, I was about to give him his own speech. You didn't even
1: see the look he gave me. He didn't even know I was going to do that. <laughs> I pulled him. Um, listen, listen, Dallas is home, number one. They're used to the short week, number two. They've already had this sketched out for the last couple of weeks. Rome. They came out of the game. Jack Crawford, the defensive lineman, um, broke his thumb, but it's okay. They're deep on defensive linemen. They're okay there. Um, secondary is is going to be tough. That's the one issue. Linebackers are going to be solid. Offense came out with no injuries, looking good. Um, but, you know, they're playing Eagles. Eagles are going to play tough, but it's Mark Sanchez, guys. Everybody out there that thinks the Eagles are going to win this game, um, it's Mark Sanchez. And like I said, I sat here watching the Cowboys. I said, Eli will give you three chances. And I was wrong, he gave them two. The first interception they missed, the second one they got changed the game. Sanchez will give you three chances. You just got to capitalize on it. But he's going to give you three chances on defense to make plays against the Eagles. He will give you three. And Dallas will take advantage of at least two of them. They're going to run the ball. And guess what? We saw the Giants come out and hurry up. That was the best thing that could have happened. because That's what Chip Kelly does. He's going to come out with Sanchez. Hurry up! They're going to do read option. Read option. Dallas is going to be ready. We've got Hitchens in there. We've got McLean in there. And if y'all don't think that defense is hitting, what about that fourth down play that they said was a first down, but then went to went to the booth and realized the guy didn't convert? That was defense. Dallas is going to run away with this one. All right. Next game. Seahawks. Seven and four. 49ers, 7-4, division game,
3: playoff
1: game. JB,
0: who you got? Wow. Wow. This is going to be a great game to see. I'm just going to go right out there and say, because Seattle's not the team that they were last year, I'm going to go with the 49ers. They're at home. They've got something to prove. Uh, and and because of Seattle Not being the team That they were last year I'm going to give it To the Niners Okay
1: K-Star
2: All right You got to hear me Hold on Hold on hold on, Wait 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 um, Yeah I like San Francisco Sorry about that I actually had myself A mute And it was a struggle To get myself off of it Anyway, I like San Francisco. Um, the thing about uh, Seattle is, while good, they're on the road, and, and they can't really stop the run all too well. And, you know, the, the Niners lately have recommitted to the running game. Uh, I think Frank Gore and Carl do well. And I think that the Niners uh, escaped the escaped the game with a very narrow victory. I like Stan in France to get it done.
4: Dr. train. Um, man, this is probably the toughest game for me to pick up until about up until J V started talking. Um I'm going with the Niners. And it's I, I'm not even concerned about the Seahawks being the Seahawks of last year because the forty ers could play with the Seahawks of last year and they were one good scoring drive away from being that team going up against the Broncos instead of the Seahawks going up against the Broncos. And they're at home. And I give them an advantage of being at home. So, Niners. So, if I have it correctly, everyone
1: went Niners? Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to go Seahawks. Um, and I'm either going to gain one on all y'all or I'm going to go deeper in the hole. But I just think right now the Seahawks are playing better football than the Niners. And I know it's in San Francisco, but I think – You know, I saw something from Russell Wilson. I saw resiliency from Russell Wilson that impressed me against Arizona. I mean, Arizona kept coming, kept coming, kept hitting her, kept coming. And, you know, he took their best shot, and he he, he responded. I mean, it wasn't a sizzling offensive performance, but it was enough to get them to win. And so I just think their championship pedigree – is going to come through. So, I'm going with the numbers. I mean, I'm sorry. Seahawks. Seahawks. Um, Chargers at the Ravens. Let's start with K-Star. Well,
2: uh, uh, you know what, Ravens. Hate to say it, but they're just... The Chargers off of the line is banged up, and I wasn't too impressed with their game at, at home against St. Louis. And, uh, you know, the Ravens bring similar type of pressure off the edge. Um, and they're just playing very well. I like Baltimore to win.
1: Dr. Trey.
4: Ooh, man, this is a tough one. This is really a tough one. Because the Chargers are a team that you don't know which one will show up. And I think Phillip Rivers is a little banged up, and mind you, he's my fantasy football quarterback, so this is, this also sucks from that perspective. And Steve Smith plays like a madman. Love the way he punked that dude last night on the field. But
3: <laughs>
4: but uh, man, um, I'm gonna initially say. I'm going to initially say Chargers. I may change my pick before Sunday, and I'll let y'all know via email, but right now I'm going to go with the Chargers. Okay.
1: Um, JB is putting his little one to sleep, so we'll get his picks when he returns. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, You know, I got to tell you, all he's already back. Um, I got to tell you, is there not anyone who would not take Steve Smith at 35 years old on your team oh my right now? Man. Right now, is there not anyone who would not take him right now? I mean, next to Dez Bryant, there's no one I would take over him on my team. I mean, I would. I'll, I'll be honest. I'd. I'll take Dez, but after Dez, I, I mean, what this guy can do at 35 and his attitude about the game and his confidence. I mean, he just knows what he knows. You know, I mean, it just we can go on and on. But, man, oh, man, I mean, I have a level of respect for him now that I didn't quite have with Carolina. And I honestly think it took him getting away from Carolina to realize how good he really was, to realize I can go at any team to play at this level. And that's exactly what he's doing. Um, so I got to go with the Ravens. They're home. Um, you know, the charges have been up and down. I, no, I I, I honestly got to go with the Ravens. I honestly think right now they might be my pick to win that division. Um, the Seal is coming off a bye week, so let me see what they do. But Ravens are looking they're looking pretty sharp. Um, JB,
3: Chargers at the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I got to go with the Ravens too, and, and it's more because of the fact that they're in a division where everybody is, is either seven four or seven three and one, and the pressure to keep pace with everybody else in that division is going to loom large. So. Ravens are playing good, charges like he said, and I agree they are up and down and having having shown a, a bit of inconsistency and with the way the Ravens are running the football now. Yeah, I'm gonna go with them, especially with them being at home. Okay.
1: Um whew.
4: Patriots,
1: Packers.
4: Train, let's start with you. Man, I'm going with the bad man that is. And Rodgers. This dude is nasty. This is going to be probably the best game of the week. At least I hope it to be the best game of the week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers. They're at home. Because honestly, if it was New England and New England, I'd probably go with New England. But I'm just going to stick with the home team on this one because these two teams are like doing it. They're playing very dominant football.
1: All right. Um...
2: I struggled with this one a bit, but I can't get away from New England. Um, Just the way the game plan, you know, it's just so consistent from game to game. I'm going to go ahead and go with New England in this one.
1: You're going with New England? I am.
0: Interesting.
1: Okay. JV?
0: Any other team, any other venue, especially with the Pats if they were at home, I would go with them. But because of it being Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I'm going with them. I think that there's just too much, too much firepower, and the fact that the Packers at home playing the Rambo is going to be a bit much for for the Pats to handle. Um, this is going to be a tight game. Make no bones about it, it's going to be a tight game. But I will give it to uh, the Packers in this one.
1: Yeah, I gotta go with the Packers. Um I always say quarterback and coach, I give the edge in coaching to Belichick. I'll give the edge in quarterbacking to Rodgers. but it's it's almost I mean, it's it's a wash right there, frankly. Um I go with I'd go with Rodgers maybe because of youth. I mean I, it's about the only thing I got. Um, Brady is phenomenal, we know that. Uh, Belichick is is a genius but but McCarthy is no joke either. Uh, but Lambeau Field is not easy. It's not easy to play in. Um, and, you know, we talk about parity. Um, but, I, you know, this could be a Super Bowl preview. As much as I want to sit there and talk about my Cowboys, um, mm-hmm. these are the two hottest teams in the NFL right now. And this could be a Super Bowl preview. Um, I think these guys have played in the Super Bowl before for some reason. Brett Favre.
0: Yeah, that was on Favre that one.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Marv 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 West, so, right? right? Right. that's
0: right. ninety six or ninety seven, something like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. I have a vague recollection of that.
0: Okay. So I'm going with the Packers. Um, all
1: right. Last but not least, Broncos at the Chiefs. Um, K Star, let's start with you. I'm going to, I'm
2: going to go with Denver. Uh, I like C J Anderson a lot. He played really well last week. I think that Kansas City is similar to what Miami wants to do as as far as running the ball very effectively and featuring a short passing game. Um, Denver just came off a successful game, although it was close against them, and I just think Denver actually wins pretty big. Yeah, Denver? No, Eric Berry. No, Eric Berry as well. Uh, Again, up for Kansas City.
4: Okay. Um, Dr. Train. I mean, um, no, Eric Berry really does hurt the Chiefs, I, I believe. Um, and I have to say I probably still would go with Denver even if he was there, but even definitely with him not being there, definitely going with Denver. Two versus JV. You
0: know, as much as I want to say the Chiefs, because I think that they will be inspired by Eric Berry um it, it's hard to go against Peyton Manning Even on the road in a, in a tough environment And probably going to regret this one But I'm going to go with the Broncos It is unanimous um, This is the kind of game
1: That Peyton Manning lives for Going on the road in a tough environment uh, Eric Berry, he's a pro bowler uh, It's, it's going to hurt And um, You know, uh, again Andy Reid historically has a problem Winning the big game So I got to go
4: with the Broncos on this one. All right. Hey, so were we all in on the Cowboys? Yeah,
1: we were all in on the Cowboys.
4: Okay, okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah.
1: All right, Uh, pep talk. I'm going to turn it over to JB. JB's got a pep talk.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of the Chiefs, my my pep talk goes out to Eric Berry. Um, now, there's, there's not one person on this show or probably listening to this show that has not been affected by someone who has some form of cancer or has been affected by someone who has had some form of cancer. So my, my pet talk goes directly to Eric Berry to keep your head up, stay strong, stay, stay positive, and if it isn't fat and attack is the way you attack uh, the offensive players on the football field. Attack them with everything you've got. Go full force, full barrel, and and come out victorious because you're not only all pro in football, you're all pro in life. I've seen uh, some of the photos and and, and read some of the transcripts. The guy is a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal person, and I I wish him nothing but the best in his fight and uh, keep your head up, stay strong, and fight. So uh, go ahead, Eric Berry. Do it for yourself. Do it for your team. Do it for KC. Do it for your family. Much love to you. Nice,
3: nice Good nice, Stuff. Good
1: stuff. Uh, any other pep talks? No one sent anything in, but you know, sometimes during the show, things may pop up in nice. your head. Nothing. Okay. No.
3: Nope.
1: Kind of hard. Kind of hard to trump that, anyway. So. Um, yeah.
4: Good stuff. Good stuff.
1: All right. Um, last thoughts. Last words. Uh, let's start with K Star. Last thoughts. Last words.
4: Oh, you doing oh, okay. uh, the the the, the power
1: Sorry, rankings? I'm gonna do it now.
3: Yep, yep, yep.
1: My bad, my bad. Uh, and the rankings. MVP? Well, I, you know. Oh, I'll do the MVP. Yeah. I didn't get power rankings from you guys, but um, so if you sent them, I didn't get them. But um, you didn't? You didn't? You sure did? I, I
3: told you I sure. sure. No, I sent mine.
1: No, I got I got Jace, and, and Jace you better, better love it. it. He's him and mine were the only ones I got. I didn't get anything from Train or K
3: so if yeah, you guys I... sent them
1: I didn't I didn't get 'em. And, and yeah, I have it I have it flagged so it goes in a special folder. So if any of you three send me something, it goes to a special folder. And um I did not I I d I didn't I didn't I didn't see it. Just saying. Just saying. Um, I'm gonna look again real quick.
3: I'm looking again. Uh
1: nope, no, nope, nope, not there.
3: Nope, hang it. Oh.
4: Hey train? Yeah I got hey, eleven train?
1: PM hey, on. Hey, it. Hey, hey, hey train? Yeah. Hey hey train. You you sent yours. Oh. Hey train I didn't I didn't see it the first time. My 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 bus. <laughs> <Okay>. I apologize. <laughs> I I d I didn't see it. Okay.
3: I'd be losing sleep trying uh, to get this thing together, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um K star you didn't send one, right?
2: No, I I saved that one. Okay.
1: All right. Let me just see if if, um, trains changes anything. Um, All right. Um, Bear with me real quick here. Um, All right. So definitely, all right, let me do it this way because this will be easier for me to figure out on the fly. So instead of going five to 5-1, um, I'm going go to go 1-5, because it's going to be easier for me to do it this way. And I apologize, Trane. I, I didn't see it the first time. Um, okay. So, number one is the Patriots. So, the TMV rankings. And, and, frankly, if you look at any rankings anywhere, Patriots are number one. There's, there's no no dispute anywhere, ESPN, NFL, Bleacher Report, everywhere you look, clock, sports, everywhere, Patriots, number one. Um, Pretty much everywhere you look, Packers are number number two. two. Now, Train has the Cardinals at number two. Um, But the Packers for the Madden voice would be number two because Jay and I both have the Packers. So, Packers, number two. Um, Number three looking at what we have, and I think the Cardinals hold up at number three. So Patriots, number one. Packers, number two. Cardinals, number three. Now, originally, when it was just Jay and I, it was a tie with the Cardinals, Broncos, and Cowboys. Now, there's no tie. So Patriots, number one. Packers, number two. Cardinals, number three. Uh, Number four would be three Five,
3: six, two, four, five. Okay.
1: So number four would actually be the Cowboys at number four. And then number five would be the Broncos. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's tough because you got a lot of eight and three teams, a few I should say. And um, PN has the Cowboys at five. Um, NFL.com has the Cowboys at five. Bleacher Report doesn't even have the Cowboys listed. They have them at, um, they don't have them in their top five of the Colts. But then 24/7 Sports at the Cowboys at three. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? So to repeat, number five, Broncos; number four, Cowboys; number three, Cardinals; number two, Packers; number one, Patriots. For me to even have the Cowboys in the top five this late in the NFL season is a pleasure, so um, good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. K-Star, final thoughts. Uh man, just excited
2: for uh, Thanksgiving football, Thanksgiving family stuff, and uh, just a great slate of games this weekend. Can't wait to see it all, and I uh, just want to wish you guys an early uh, Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, to all our listeners as well.
1: Doctor Train.
4: Well first I want to say, you know, congratulations to my MVP of the week, Oakland Raiders, for getting their first W. I got a chance oh, to watch I Disney game. Fighting game to watch. My, my the old Raiders.
3: MVPs.
4: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm
1: an idiot. MVPs. I didn't do MVPs. Raiders. <laughs>
4: Raiders, Oakland Raiders, okay. the Raiders. All right. Al Davis said, "Just win. You're zero and ten, but just win." And they did it. That was a good win. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: K Star, you had you want to hit on your MVP real quick?
2: Yeah, real quick. Um, I, I picked the uh, Broncos earlier uh, and referenced him. My MVP was C.J. Anderson. Uh, he tore up. Uh, really hurt the Miami Dolphins who. Came into the game with a very uh, strong run defense, but uh, he was on fire, man, and 160 yards and just a focal point in of the offense. I was really impressed by him.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, JB, MVP, and final words.
0: Yeah, I think two out of the four having a running back. Mine is Justin Forsett for the uh, the Ravens, having 182 yards for a seventh round pick, racking up those kinds of yards and having the kind of season he's having, definitely deserves MVP for for me for this week. As far as final words go, obviously uh happy Thanksgiving to to all of the co-hosts and all of the listeners and everyone out there in TMB in land that's listening. Uh, definitely yes. happy Thanksgiving. Um, even more important than that, happy Thanksgiving, Pop. We love you. We miss you. We know that you're watching over us, and it's been an absolute pleasure hosting Man and Voice today, uh, in, in your, in your domain, and, um, it has been an absolute pleasure, and we love you. All
1: right. Um, I don't have an MVP. Um, my MVP <laughs> would be Arthur Floyd, um, Uh, There you go So that's my MVP And he's my MVP every day Um, Agreed uh, It's a pleasure to co-host the show With with you guys I've grown quite fond of all of you Even you (laughs) K-Star And um, I happen to know that K-Star Has a due date coming soon So um, we will be on Baby Watch uh, Very soon won't we K-Star Yeah we will December 13th is expected date
0: Wow, the that's first right. Madden
1: Voice baby. <laughs>
3: that's
1: right. We don't die. We multiply. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we we will be on baby watch for K-Star's first uh, first uh, offspring. So that's great news. So, you know, we've had an engagement, and we're going to have a, a child. So, I mean, the Madden Voice is doing a big thing. So, But it's actually absolutely a pleasure to co-host the show with all of you guys but it's just a thrill to actually be in my mom's house with my brother goes the show, kids running around acting a fool and all that good stuff. Thanksgiving, um, you know, and, and, you know, all I can say
0: to everybody is
1: just one, one thing is enjoy your family and friends because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Um, so enjoy, you know, enjoy your today because you don't know what tomorrow's got in store for you. Um, and, and Thanksgiving really is a time to be thankful So take a minute and stop complaining. Stop, you know, moaning and crying and complaining and just take a deep breath and find something to just hold close and be thankful about, because that's really what this holiday is all about. What do you have to be thankful for? And I would submit that most people um, have something to be thankful for. So take time, be thankful for your friends, your family, your job, your financial situation, something. Okay, so for Dr. Train, for K. Star, mm-hmm. and of course my brother, who I'm looking at, my brother Jay. Don't know when I'll get this chance to co-host the show with him again, but it's been a it's been a thrill. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Uh, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football games. We'll be right back here next Tuesday night to host the Madden Voice. And remember, on the Madden Voice, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody we